following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. You are now listening to Lucha Outsider Show, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. At Lucha Outsiders, everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Lucha Outsider Show. Congratulations. You played yourself. I am the Lord of Darkness. Welcome to the Demonic Lucha Outsider Show. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that was, but welcome to another episode of the Lucha Outsider Show. I am the heel that seals the deal, the villain that stays chilling, the anti-hero of the IWC, your boy Mr. Rated R, and I'm joined by my tag team partner. He is the analysis of the L-O-C. He's a man to put the honor back in Ring of Honor. He's a straight shooter on Twitter. And when it comes to wrestling, he has a radar from the mean streets of Long Island. I don't know if I should be scared or what. <laughs> but, uh, wow. That was quite the, quite the introduction to the show, man. That, that's what happens when Leo's not around anymore. And, and Leo's not off the show, but he's just not around. He's uh, doing Leo things as usual. Being and being a father, you know. Yeah, you know, he's a father. He's a husband. He's balancing 10 different things all at the same time. So he's not on the show today, but we're here for the for the audio version, the podcast version of the program, Ryan. Yeah, the the new and improved. Uh, podcast. Oh yeah, oh yeah. If you've listened to you know our show that we did, well not last week, so I guess like two weeks ago already at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know exactly what I'm talking about because we sounded fuego. Oh yeah, uh, fantastic, one thousand percent. But Ryan, how are you, bro? You come from a big birthday. You was out traveling. Yeah, man, I am. Uh, I'm officially hashtag old AF. I am 28 and I feel old as hell. Uh, but my birthday weekend was fun. Went to Florida for a couple of days. The weather was nice. Just kind of chilled out and relaxed. And uh, I was telling you off air that it's just kind of a nice change of pace sometimes when oh, yeah. you go away. When you're so used to going on wrestling trips and then you go on a trip that's you know relaxing and you chill it by the pool and the beaches and all that nice stuff. So. Much needed. I got a got a great tan. Got some nice color, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm back here in New York. And the weather this weekend has been just uh, pretty <laughs> shitty. It's it's windy. It's a little chilly. The it's cloudy. It's definitely doesn't look like June. But uh, yeah, it was it was good. How, how about you, man? You're coming off a, a fun weekend as well. Yeah, I came from Vegas. We're gonna touch on my Vegas trip in a bit. And I also got a, a little slight color, not as much color as I wanted to, but. I have next month happening where I'm going to be going to Cancun for my cousin's wedding. So hopefully I come back way darker than I did this time around when it comes to Vegas. But I'm doing good, man. You know, Vegas was great. Um, Did some wrestling things out there that we're going to talk about. And then when I came back to Jersey and I ended up going back to work on Tuesday, I still worked five days worth of just of a like workflow, if you will, because, 
even though I worked four days, everything was just a disaster. Yeah, that that sounds about right. You know, uh, <laughs> work in general, coming back to work after a, a vacation is always rough to begin with. And then, you know, you had stuff like that on top of it. It's just, uh, yeah, man, this is why we need vacations, because work life sometimes just ain't fun. Yeah, 1000%. Dude, before we get started, because I didn't do it last time we did the podcast, when we did the show. I don't know what I was sipping on, but I didn't do a hashtag Rebel time. So with that being said, it's hashtag. You hear that? Rebel time. Oh, yeah. That was a good crank right there. Oh, yeah. All right. Damn, dude. Where should we get started? All right. Before we get into Vegas, before we get into Vegas and what happened out there and stuff, a couple of things happened in the last 24 hours. All right. I know you mentioned weather was kind of shitty. I was at a little family outing yesterday. Listen, Hispanics, us Latinos, right? We make barbecues and we do barbecues. It doesn't matter if it's like rain shine snowing it could be a hurricane happening somehow like hispanic families will still like do a cookout and that's what we were doing yesterday but while i was at this cookout okay i was skimming through my phone i have the fight tv app on my phone and i was watching a little bit of the tournament of survival from gcw it was happening live from atlantic city I watched a couple matches the main event the final was rena yamashita which is the gcw ultraviolet champion versus john wayne murdoch they put on a fucking banger, and Rina Yamashita ended up winning the whole tournament. So she wins TOS eight. She's the current GCW Ultraviolet champion tonight, 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 live from Atlantic City. She's gonna challenge Masha Slamovich for the GCW World Championship in a cage of survival match. That just sounds nuts. <laughs> as a, as a very 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 casual GCW uh, watcher. Uh, that just sounds insane. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think this has ever. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's happened in one of the independents across the the world. But right. uh, I mean, two women challenging for a world ch- heavyweight championship. Has that really ever happened? I, I don't. I don't think that's been done. Obviously, intergender world championship matches have happened. You know, we've right. seen in the past. But I think this might be the first. I think this might be the first in history. Um, Especially, you know, yeah, GCW's an indie, but it's like one of those higher-end indies, you know what I'm saying, which they tour frequently, almost on an every-week basis. So, um, yeah, okay, you know, this is a first, man. Good for them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that sounds nuts, and it's so it's it's a cage match inside, inside a, a cage? Yes, it's going to be inside a cage. That's sick, man. That's freaking... Uh, <laughs> Well, hold on. Also, too, like uh, bringing this back, you said it was in Atlantic City. So I didn't even know about this until recently that the carousel room where they usually yep. uh, hold the GCW shows, I mean, what, what's going away? Or I, I don't like I saw that and I was like, wait, what? Like, that's an iconic GCW ven- venue there in Atlantic City. So where are they running their shows now? So they're still running it at the showboat. So it's so funny. Shout out to my uh, my buddy Keith because uh, I was messaging him. I was like, yo, where where part of the showboat are they running TOS because it looked visually I mean granted they got a they got a really strong attendance yesterday I think they broke like the the TOS record from previous uh, years right so from what my buddy Keith was telling me is it looked from visually it looked like a warehouse it looked kind of like a, a like a, a loading dock right a huge loading that's what it looked like but from what Keith told me is it was a parking lot that they turned and I'm using quotations here they turned into a convention center, okay? Um, so that's where I think that going forward, that's where GCW is going to run, unless they're going to run in the boardwalk when it's really, really hot because they've done that in the past. But the carousel room, the iconic 
carousel room. That's become now a miniature golf type game gimmick. Because, like, Showboat now has become like, hey, I know there's a shit ton of casinos in Atlantic City, but if you want to do anything else besides gambling, come to the Showboat. Because now we have a water park, we have go-karts, we have a shit ton of games, we have a bowling gimmick, we have air hockey. So anything that has nothing to do with gambling, you could do at the Showboat. Wow. I mean, <laughs> I mean, listen, every every hotel I feel like around there, around like the boardwalk area in Atlantic City is always popping. I mean, you know, it's oh, 1000 percent. But that this hotel, man, I mean, geez, it seems like you, you'll never be bored there. I mean, that's crazy to have so much of that shit there. But, yeah, I was just wondering because I was I did not. Exp- I mean, of course, I don't really follow any of this, but like right. had no idea that the, the room was going away. And so I was just curious about where they're running their shows. And I, I know they do do the boardwalk in the summer. Yep. Um, but obviously you, you can't do like a cage mash out there. Right. You know, you, you really you're very limited when you're out there. Um, but, yeah, wow, that's 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 pretty interesting. Yeah. So congratulations to uh, Rina Yamashita. I love her. And we'll see what she does tonight against Masha Slambovich and other wrestling news before we get into like the big juicy stuff. Hey, Ryan, did you know Dominion happened this morning? I actually did know that. Yeah, I, I, I forgot about it until, you know, I woke up this morning. But um, I, I was aware. I went to bed last night. I saw on <laughs> Twitter that, you know, Dominion's in a few hours. And I was like, holy shit, Dominion's in a few hours. Totally forgot. Would have never known because I haven't followed New Japan in quite some time. Right. Uh, but, yeah, when I woke up this morning, I woke up to some pretty newsworthy stuff. Yeah, yeah, so uh, Dominion happened this morning, and just based on how my schedule was uh, going last night, you know, I got home, and I was like, you know what, let me see if I can knock out a couple hours of sleep, and if I wake up for Dominion, I wake up for Dominion. If I don't, I don't. And shockingly, I woke up, and I stayed up for the whole show, and, you know, I don't regret it. You know, I was telling you off air that Dominion did feel kind of weird, and not necessarily a bad way, it's just... Listen, we got spoiled in the 2010s, in the late 2010s, with these big fight Dominion cards, okay? I'm talking about 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019. Then 2020 happened, and then everything went to shit, right? And um, New Japan has been struggling since then, right? And uh, this Dominion show, great show. I really enjoyed it. But it just didn't feel as like a big fight feel as like previous Dominions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of similar to what I was talking about on the on our last show with the AEW pay per views, where it just doesn't really feel like there. It's just not hyped up anymore. Right. It doesn't feel special. It doesn't feel like a big event, like like you said, like it did in 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019. I mean, those were the goat years of New Japan in general. Yep. I mean, in my opinion, um, God, some of the best freaking matches, some of the best storylines and stuff. Uh, during those years and you know the pandemic really screwed everything up but new japan's coming back into form uh slowly and uh you know yeah while it's not it wasn't a huge show and you know you don't have a bunch of people talking about it you do this morning but you didn't have anybody talking about it leading up to the show Um, so yeah i mean it's i don't really listen i don't know what they have to do in order to get back to feeling special and hyped up um you know i know kenny omega and the elite and Cody and all that stuff. They definitely helped those years of new Japan um, and get eyeballs on the product. But uh, yeah, I guess, you know, it's just going to be what it is. And Hey, if it was a good show, then, you know, maybe people will be more inclined to tune in next time. I don't know. But um, yeah, it seems like it was good. And 
seems like they got some stuff brewing with uh, some young talent, yep, and yep, seems yep. like they're heading in the right direction. So yeah, it felt like in aspects of their promotion, they're hitting a restart, which is not a bad thing, right? Especially if we're gonna get some new faces and some new blood, and some are in some bigger programs, right? So I'm just gonna throw throw off a, a couple things at you that happened this morning, and just give me some quick thoughts. So Osprey defeated uh, Lance Archer in the opener, and he will be challenging Kenny Omega for the United States Championship at Forbidden Door. So, yeah, we're getting Osprey Omega 2, bro. Yeah, man, that was uh, definitely expected when they announced this little tournament and the winner challenges Kenny at uh, Forbidden Door. So this was kind of a no-brainer here. And, uh, yeah, man, I can only imagine what's going to happen in Toronto uh, when these two lock up again because when they did back in January um, at Wrestle Kingdom – I remember Dave saying that they held back some stuff because they wanted to wait for, you know, the next match that they had with each other. So, I mean, my goodness, if they held back in that match at Wrestle Kingdom, I can only imagine the shit that's going to go down uh, this time around. So, yeah, I mean, I'm all here for it, and uh, it's going to be incredible. Listen, there, there's a lot of great matches that happened this year, okay, um, so far, right? And we're only, like, halfway through 2023. Yeah, it's and crazy. That Kenny Omega and Osprey match, I, I think, is still there for me. I don't, I don't think. Uh, listen, and, and you could still make, you could probably make an argument about some, maybe another one or two matches that were like, oh, well, you know, I think that was better. But in my opinion, I think Osprey and Omega is still there for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could probably agree with that too. I mean, it's always a hard argument, right? Um, you know, to pick one because nowadays we're so spoiled with, spoiled with the amount of wrestling that we have. So you're always just going to get a bunch of match of the year candidates, I feel like. Right. Um, and uh, but, yeah, I think that one still holds, uh, you know, a special place up there. Listen, who's to say Osprey and Omega 2 might be in the list also. <laughs> yeah, dude, honestly, I, I could be I'd be confident if you wrote it down right now before the match. <laughs> you know what's so funny? I think we said that. Before Osprey and Omega One happened, you know, I think I'm just gonna write this match on the list. Yeah, you just you might as well write it three weeks early because uh, there's no freaking way it it disappoints. So, all right, uh, another thing that happened uh, tonight they they made the announcements for the G1 um, climax tournament, and Eddie Kingston is gonna be part of the of the of the blocks this year, which I think is pretty cool, especially for him because he's like such a New Japan like guy and like fan and followers so good for him man yeah man this is awesome i uh i was obviously not expecting this but listen eddie you know he's doing whatever the heck he's doing they did that storyline where he like quit aew yep and then he went to ring of honor mm -hmm. and then he was getting uh hernia surgery i believe uh so he's kind of just like not really up to much and i think this is perfect for him and i i always love to see like what new, you know, person or new people, I should say, are in the G1 every single year because you always get uh, one or two, maybe three surprises in there. Um, and, dude, I don't think anybody was expecting Eddie Kingston. Right. Uh, I don't think they announced the blocks yet, but, man, I can only imagine some of the banger matches that he's going to have over there, and I think he's going to kill it. And uh, really, really happy for him, and, uh, yeah, it's just, that's exciting stuff. Yeah, I'm definitely happy for him too, man. Good for him. Uh, okay. Real quick, so the main event for Dominion was Sonata defending the IWGP World Championship against, you're going to have to help me out with this last name, Yoda, what is it? Uh, I think it's Yoda Suji. Yoda, Yoda Suji, I think that's about right. So, yeah, so this dude, you, don't, you don't pronounce the T and it's just the Suji right. Yoda Suji. So on paper, right, when he made his return, because I completely forgot about this guy, because the last time we saw him on our New Japan screens, he was like 
50 pounds heavier. Okay? Mm-hmm. And he has shorter hair. I completely forgot this guy even existed. And when he made his return and he attacked Sonata, I forgot, I think it was like, when was this? Was it, um, I forget what show it was. Um, it was one of their, um, like last month, one of their mm-hmm. bigger shows. Um, so yeah, he attacked Sonata and then they made the announcement that he was going to challenge um, Sonata for the for the championship at Dominion, right? When I saw this on paper, I'm like, really, bro? Like, I get you're trying to push his new blood, but man, I think this is too early for this guy. Like, I don't know, man. And then, you know, fast forward to tonight, this morning when I saw the match, the match was good. Listen, the match was fine. He's a he's a good worker, you know. He he has a lot of potential, but I still feel like it might have been too soon for him. I just it doesn't feel like the main event like we got it from previous years, right? In the Dominions, right? Uh, I, I think that's my only criticism. But the guy is talented. I did enjoy the match. I don't think he's ready for that spot yet, but that doesn't mean he can't be ready at some point. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, I. I never had an issue with this because, again, like I was saying before, it's nice to have some fresh new blood pushed up the card in New Japan. I mean, for years and years and years, it's just been the same cycle of the Okadas, the Tanahashis, the Naitos, and it's just the same recycled matches every single year at the Wrestle Kingdoms, at the Dominions, and and the G1 Finals, and it's always the same thing. So, you know, hey, if New Japan wants to start pushing some new stars... I ain't going to be complaining about that at all. When I saw this guy was getting the world title shot at Dominion, I I thought it was a little weird because I was like, oh, not really a Dominion main event if you think about it. But I took a step back and I was like, you know what? I'm okay with this. It's something new. It's something fresh. Obviously, this dude's going to lose. But listen, he he has to come out of this looking like a star. And, you know, I didn't watch the match, but I did see a couple of clips on Twitter. And this dude looks pretty legit. Um, he's got the look, yep. and if he can work, and if he's got a personality, then I don't see why this dude can't be a huge star. That's my Japan. fear. That's my fear. The whole the personality, because he does have a great look. The personality part is like, does he have it? Because he smiles a little bit too much for my liking, and that worries me. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's something that that could you know it could easily be adjusted. Right, right. Uh, you know, he could work on that. Um, you know, so. Yeah, I guess we're just going to have to wait and see. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, it might have been too soon for him to get the world title shot. But sometimes it's not a bad thing. Again, right. you want to make this guy look like a big deal right off the bat. Listen, I mean, he looked uh, great against Sonata. The match was fine. I enjoyed the match. Yeah, well, there you go. So hopefully he becomes the star that they want him to be. Yep. And uh, like I said, New Japan can really use, n- like, new blood. They could really benefit from somebody like this coming up and being the next top star. Because, again, you know, Okada's and Tanahashi's, I mean, I'm not going to be around forever. I mean, I question how much longer Tanahashi specifically even has left. Right. Um, and they just can't keep relying on the same guys over and over and over. And that was one of my main, you know, reasons or, you know, the, that I, you know, fell out of New Japan and just stopped following it. Because, again, I've seen all these matches over and over and over countless times again. And, you know, I was just kind of getting sick of it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Because it's the same rotation of guys. It's like, can we get some new blood already? Yeah, exactly. I mean, Okada and Sonata, I've seen them wrestle like 57 times. You know, <laughs> right. so uh, same with Naito and Okada, Naito Tanahashi. Right. Oh, yeah. Yet. Oh, yeah. So, it's like, can we get a little bit of more Osprey in there? Come on, give us something. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, okay, um, here's here's something I definitely want to get your thoughts on, because I know you've been very critical, rightfully so. I'm not saying that you're wrong for it, but 
Um, it's been a, it's been a lot, a lot of people have been criticizing this new vision for Bullet Club, right? And I guess David Finley being the leader, etc., right? But tonight they did something where it's like, you know what? I I don't think this is a bad thing. I think this is a really good movement for this version of Bullet Club, right? And pretty much what David Finley did was he recruited all the LA Dojo guys and was like, hey, you guys want a spot? You're going to get showcased. Join Bullet Club. So now we have like this new, young, hungry Bullet Club. Yeah, Clark Connors joined back in April, but now you have Gabriel Kidd. You have Alex Coughlin. And then you have this dude that I had to look up because I'm like, because he was in the Best of the Super Juniors tournament. I, I, I didn't even watch the Best of the Super Juniors tournament this year. His name is um Daniel Maloney, and apparently he's done like some progress stuff. He was in NXT UK at one point. Had no idea who this guy was, but when I saw him, I'm like, yo, this guy has a pretty cool look, though. So now you have like this new blood bullet club. Now, what does that mean for, and I'm not talking about like the AEW aspect of it, but what does that mean for like other members like the Chase Owens and the Kentas and the, um, and the Balak Fale's? I don't know how they get included in this. Who, who's to say? Maybe they get kicked out as well. I don't know. But this little core of five guys, I, it's something, bro. It's something. I, I can't say that it's nothing. I think it's something. Yeah, I mean, you know, if if they're keeping Bullet Club around, which clearly they are. Oh, yeah. One way to go about it. Um, it's definitely going to benefit all those guys' careers, you know, being attached to the Bullet Club name. It's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um listen i don't i don't really have an interest in it still i don't really think many people do um but you know hey at least like you said it's something it's not the kentas it's not right it's new up-and-comers and again it just goes back to what i was saying before it's fresh blood it's it's new talent it's new stars um you know and and let's see if they can make them become a big deal mm-hmm. and uh yeah listen we'll, we'll see where it goes but i mean i don't necessarily hate that either mm-hmm. um Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, whether, you know, what happens, like you said, to the bad luck fallets and stuff. I mean, who the hell knows? And, uh, and Ryan doesn't care. <laughs> I, no, no, I, I haven't cared in a long time. <laughs> but, yeah, I guess, you know, it. the best way to describe it, like you said, is it's something, you know. The only thing Ryan cares about when it comes to Bullet Club, he just wants to know if Jay White is going to sell him a timeshare with the Bullet Club gold subscription. That's the only I'm thing Ryan cares about. Oh yeah, I've been waiting for it forever. I, you know, I, just, I don't know. I don't know what that. What's up with that? <laughs> okay, and one last thing of New Japan. We had this big six-man tag. Okay, you had Okada, Tanahashi, and Ishii defending the Never Openweight Six-Man Championships against John Moxley, Claudio, and Shota. All right. What's interesting about this was. Claudio literally got there right before the match because I don't know what happened. Like there was like a flight delay with him or something, but he literally showed up there like ready to go, which just shows how much of a professional he is, right? This six man might have been one of the six, the best six man never open weight tag matches, like high caliber that I've seen in a while. Okay, because it, it really it really got you invested. Like, yo, is the BCC really going to take these straps? Which I was hoping they were. Um, that did not happen. But after the match, John Moxley did get on the microphone, right? And he was hey, what's so funny about John Moxley? I fucking love this guy, right? And I have I'll talk about John Moxley in a little bit as well. But what what's so funny about Mox was 
He's like cursing up a storm, right? And the camera's picking up because the microphone wasn't working, right? He's like, come on, you motherfuckers. I got something to say, right? He's fucking cursing, right? Finally, one of the guys gives him the microphone that actually works. And then John Moxley goes like, arigato. And then he just starts cutting his promo, which I just found hilarious. Um, But he gets on the microphone and he goes, you know, the guys in the ring right now, you guys say like you're the best wrestlers in the world. But you know what? I could argue that. I don't think so because we're the best. And we travel and we work hard with one of the best wrestlers in the world. And he has something to say. So it cuts to a video package of Ryan Danielson just like in the in the mountains. It seems like this got shot in Vegas, all right? Because it seems like it was like the like the mountains in, out in Vegas. So yeah, yeah. Uh, he's uh, cutting this promo saying like, you know, for years I've heard Okada say he's the best wrestler in the world. Even saying that he wants to challenge me. Well, I'm challenging you, Okada. So then Okada gets on the microphone and he seemingly... Accepts the challenge, and it seems like it's going to happen at Forbidden Door 2. We talk about matches we're going to talk about at the end of the year. This is going to be one of those matches. Yeah, I mean, holy shit. Uh, I did not expect this at all. I was fully expecting with the way things were going. Oh, yeah. Mox and Okada, right? <laughs> I think maybe you've even said that, too. Um, which I would have loved just as much. But, man, oh, man, Brian and, and Okada... This is something that obviously had to happen as soon as the Forbidden Door thing got announced. Um, we, we knew that this was an in- inevitable match. Yep. And honestly, like, bro, like, pretty soon, we're legit going to run out of wrestling dream matches, like, like, to dream about. Because everything is becoming a reality, I feel like. And everything can become a reality now with all these promotions working with each other and everything. Um, this match is just going to be unbelievable. I mean, this this is probably going to be show of the year already, Forbidden Door. <laughs> with just these two matches announced, Omega and uh, Will Ospreay and Brian Danielson and Okada. I mean, literally, mark it down as show of the year. I, I don't see how this show isn't insane. And that's only two matches on probably an eight or nine match card. I mean, I can't even imagine what else they got planned. All I all I hope and wish for now, and this is a message out message out to Tony Khan, and, you know, I don't probably not to New Japan because they don't really have that many more shows up until Forbidden Door. But message to Tony Khan, don't have Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson wrestling a single freaking match from here until Forbidden Door because they absolutely cannot afford any major injury to derail the show again. One thousand percent. These two top matches announced, they cannot afford that. Wrap those guys in bubble wrap. Have like surveillance footage at their house. Make sure they don't they don't trip on anything. Oh yeah. Or, oh yeah. Pull down the stairs. Like these two guys need to be one thousand percent for these matches because I mean these are two matches and especially the Brian Okada thing that we've been waiting for for a long long time and I I can't believe we're gonna be seeing it in a couple of weeks. It's it's truly unreal and I can't wait. Listen, match of the year contender. You know, and I feel this match is going to have the same energy and the same vibe like Omega Brine from Grand Slam. I remember the energy in that fucking venue out in Queens. I forget the name of it. Was it Arthur Ashe? That's what it's named. I remember the energy in that venue. And I remember telling you and a couple other people, this felt like Tokyo Dome. Mm-hmm. Before the yep. match even started, and I predict it's going to be the same way out in Canada, whatever wherever the show is taking place in Canada. I feel it's going to be the same way for Okada and Danielson. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. I expect it to be to go the same exact way, like Omega and Brian before they even you know the bell even rung, or maybe even after the bell rung, but before they even locked up, 
you know, you just had everybody on their feet just going ape shit. And uh, yeah, I totally can expect the same thing here. Um, you know, I'm sure people are traveling from all over the world to be here for, for Forbidden Door. And I hope it's a great crowd. It better be because, again, you don't just give these two matches away to, you know, some shitty crowd. Like, the, the crowd hopefully will make these matches ten times better. And, um, yeah, man, it, it's it's nuts. I, I wish I was going to Forbidden Door. I really do. I yeah. mean, these two matches are just insane. I'll be honest, like, ever since WrestleMania, wrestling has just been kind of just like, mm-hmm. eh, you know, nothing really to sink your teeth into, nothing too interesting. But man, this is this is sucking me right back in. Like I'm all I'm all in on on this show because of these two matches. I know. Uh, I really can't wait to see it. Especially this year, I'll be able to watch it because Forbidden Door last year I got to uh, go to Chicago, and don't get me wrong, I love that show. I had a phenomenal time at Forbidden Door last year. But there's some changes made to the card because of injury, right? This year, as long as nobody gets booked in single matches or or matches where could jeopardize big matches of Forbidden Door, I think we're going to get two healthy rosters going into this collaboration of a show. And that's exactly what it should have been. You know, of course, you know, you can't help injuries. Right. That's exactly the point of Forbidden Door was to get these legit dream matches. And last year we were going to get a few, but then we ended up not getting them. And it kind of just felt like a giant like New Japan show with a bunch of tag matches and not enough one-on-one singles matches between guys that, you know, we want to see face each other. And now we got two insane one-on-one singles matches. And I'm sure there's going to be a couple more. And I'm sure there's going to be some tag matches in there. Oh, yeah, 1,000%. To get people on the card. But, uh, you know, you're going to get a lot of a lot of top matches. And, again, that's exactly what we wanted to see when this was announced. Oh, yeah. All right, dude, let me get into Vegas Double or Nothing. Before we talk about Double or Nothing, I do want to touch on a couple things that happened in my trip out in Vegas. Just some interesting notes. Um, so at any point, if you want to jump in and ask a question, because I'm probably going to do a lot of talking here, just yeah, jump right in, Ryan, okay? I, was, I, I did watch the Iridian's vlog. Shout out to Rest Friends on mm-hmm. YouTube. Uh, you guys look like you had fun. So, yeah, I can't wait to hear some of these uh, some of these experiences and some of your stories. So let's hear it. Okay, so Aridian got there Thursday, all right? So her and Lo were doing, like, their own thing Thursday, right? And uh, that was Aridian's first time just going to Vegas, right? So I got there Friday. Shout-outs to Lo and Aridian as well. They picked me up from the airport Friday morning, which they didn't have to do. We went out to eat. We had a great time. And then I ended up going back to the – they dropped me off at the hotel. They went to go do their own thing. I believe they recorded a couple things for uh, Wrestling Wind Down, which is Lo's um, – a podcast and show and also a YouTube channel, so make sure you subscribe to to all her stuff. And uh I was just kinda hanging out poolside, man. I try to try to get this tan and just chilled out for a bit. And then I ended up getting ready for GCW. They came to pick me up and we went to GCW out in the Silver Nugget, I believe is the name of the casino, which is like it's out in old Vegas. It's not like in like the Vegas Strip or anything like that, right? So, I mean, the, the, the venue is a little bit sketch, but, you know, you're going there for wrestling, okay? And it's GCW. So why wouldn't GCW run at a sketch I venue, right? I was going to say that. And any indie in general, any <laughs> random indie, why wouldn't they run in the sketchiest area of the city that they're in? It just, <laughs> it just goes together too, too, too well. And it's GCW, right? <laughs> right. So the show was cool. I really, really enjoyed the show. Um, the only thing I will point out, and I think I might have said this on the vlog too, on a, a Ridian's Rest Friends vlog, I said 
for a, it was a smaller capacity show, right? Which is this is going to be like a, a, an ongoing trend as we continue discussing Vegas, right? It was a it was definitely a smaller capacity compared to last year's GCW Vegas show. But man, let me tell you, man. We talk about this all the time, Ryan, okay? I want to know why wrestling fans like they don't like think before they go to these shows. And what I mean by that is like Dude, just fucking shower, okay? Make sure everything's all right. You know, don't go out in public looking like you just got out of a garbage can. Like, what's wrong with you? You're going to be out with other people. Like, if you could afford going to a fucking wrestling show, can you afford some deodorant? Can you sanitize yourself? What's wrong with you? Who allows you to step outside the house looking this way, smelling this way? You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah! Oh, I know all about that. I've had my fair share of experiences, Ugh. and it ain't it ain't fun. And listen, at this point, I mean, people could preach it all they want. It's just not going to change. That's just the wrestling fans in general. I mean, and listen, that's not every wrestling fans, but that's a good majority of them, especially. And again, not to really, you know, downgrade or or you know talk badly about you know the GCW universe or anything, but usually the marks that love this indie stuff they are the ones that reek the most and i'm not saying you don't see that at, at wwe or AEW or anything like that because i'm sure there's people there as well no no right right right, get right. a little bit better of experience at those big time shows 1, rather than some random sweaty indie in some sketch area and a hole in the wall you know mm. venue you know my favorite thing about you know this little uh it wasn't even a rant but this just statement that you just made right now is not only did you insult like those people, right? Which is fine. I'm totally agree with you. But the fact that you said the GCW universe, and you know GCW fans hate that term because of Matt Cardona. <laughs> yeah, did not even do that on purpose <laughs> at all. Okay, so after GCW, we ended up going to the MGM Grand, which, first of all, it's a lovely hotel and casino, let me tell you. Um, I did not go to this hotel last year at all. Listen, there's just no other way of putting this like well, right? Okay, I, I'm gonna try to, I'm I'm just gonna let it all out here, okay? Memorial Day weekend, going out to Vegas. Let me tell you, the amount of women, gorgeous women that you see, okay, it's like you don't know where to look, all right? And also, at one point, I forgot that I was even in Vegas. I'm gonna explain why I forgot I was in Vegas, all right? At one point, I'm you know I'm seeing there's a lot of things happening, right? And I see this really really good looking woman, right, with some goofy looking white guy. Like I'm talking about like glasses, a beer belly, you know, probably balding with a hat on, some dingy ass shorts, and I'm looking at them like, how the fuck he ended up getting that? And he's just talking her ear off, right? And she's like, mm hmm, mm hmm. She looked really really annoyed, and then that's when it finally hit me. I'm like, she's one of those. She's she's the gimmick. She's one of those gimmicks. I forgot that's a thing in Vegas. Yeah, yeah. I... <laughs> it completely went over my head for like the first like I don't know, 24 hours that I was in Vegas. It it hit me like like that. It hit me. So maybe I should get a button, right? Maybe I should get one of these, right? Congratulations, you played. Because I completely forgot that that was a thing, but it hit me when I was like, how the hell he ended up getting that? And then I'm like, holy shit, she's a gimmick. I forgot. That that That's hilarious. That is absolutely hilarious. That is something that I would probably do, too. I've never been to Vegas before, but if I were to go there, I'd probably – it wouldn't even cross my mind either until, you know, an experience maybe like that. But 
That, that is that is just so funny. So I, I guess I'll blend this in because we ended up going to the MGM Grand Casino like a couple times during the weekend, but and we always did it like late night. You know, we ended up going there for Fan Fest as well, which happened like earlier in the day, and that happened Saturday. But like usually, like at night, we were we were going out there. And, you know, we saw a lot of wrestlers. Obviously, we did not bother them. You know, uh, Aridian was gambling. I think Aridian is a gambler. I think she just fell into the addiction of gambling, and I don't think oh, there's I, no coming yeah, back from that. On the vlog, she yeah. was winning a ton of money. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I'm not going to – I'm not going to share the details of her going up a certain amount of money and then her fumbling the ball. I will not go into details with that. You know, she could tell that on her own time, but that's like a little – you know that's like a little tease for you know whenever she wants to tell her story um, on Rush Friends, but um, so yeah, we were just kind of like hanging out, you know, just gambling, you know, having a couple adult beverages, and we would see a lot of wrestlers, you know, a lot of wrestlers just kind of minding their own business, either gambling or hanging out, you know, the likes of you know Morrison and Taya. We also saw Dolph Ziggler hanging out there, you know, Orange Cassidy, which. He's a gambler, Adam Cole and Britt, also gamblers, uh, Cash Wheeler from FTR, a lot of gambling when it comes to this AEW talent, okay? But another thing that I did notice, and you are not going to be surprised when I say this, is that, you know, these fans just don't give a fuck, bro. These fans don't care. They will stand there, okay, just to get a chance to get a picture with one of these individuals or, or shout out their name while they're walking down like an aisle or something to try to get their attention. I'm like, like, do, do you guys understand? Like, there's like a place and time for all this, right? Now, it's, listen, if you're walking past by one of these individuals and you're like, hey, what's up, Wheeler? Or like, hey, what's up, uh, Adam? Or something like that. You want to say what's up and not try to have like a whole conversation with them? That's fine. That's clean, right? Maybe I wouldn't do that, but that's clean. But when you're, like, interrupting, like, their area, all right, when they're doing something or they're walking to a destination, why would you do that? Do any of these people have common sense? Yeah, no. <laughs> no, straight up no. They do not. They don't care. And that's 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 the main thing. They just don't care. Yeah. I also want to tell you something privately, Ryan, that, that we ended up seeing that I do not feel comfortable sharing on the show. So, uh... <laughs> Oh God! Okay. Oh yeah. You, it was not a, a Mario vacation without coming back with some sort of crazy shit that happened. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Okay. So Saturday morning hits. We end up going to Fan Fest, and compared to Fan Fest from All Out um, in Chicago in 2022, man, this was it was like night and day. They had a lot more stuff. A lot of things were happening uh, all at the same time. They gave us like a little lamination gimmick, you know, for all the people that were going to the fan fest, which they didn't do at all out. Um, it seemed like there was just like a lot more stuff to do. And um, this was like a last minute call too. like I had no intentions of going. And then last minute, you know, the girls were like, hey, should we just go to fan fest? And I was like, ah, fuck it. Why not? Let's go. And then I saw some of the prices for some of the meet and greets and. You know, John Moxley has been on my bucket list for a very, very long time. I'm a big John Moxley fan, you know, going back to his indie days, Shield days, him making the jumps to AEW and New Japan, GCW. I've just been a big Moxley guy, and I love this book. And, you know, my dad enjoyed John Moxley as well. You know, my dad was a big fan of John Moxley and just the Shield and all the stuff that he was doing. I remember John Moxley's first G1 
I remember I'm like, bye, you have to watch this match. It was in New Japan. Um, it was him and Ishii. And my dad was just amazed on like that match and just like how hard hitting it was. And it was just like a different style from the stuff that we were watching in WWE. So, you know, my dad was like a big monster guy and I saw the price and I was like, man, this is like a big difference from what he was charging all out weekend. So I'm like, listen, if this is if there's any opportunity, I'm going to take advantage of it. So I ended up buying uh, a meet and greet last minute. I did meet a couple other wrestlers, too. I had a great conversation with Ethan Page. I remember seeing this guy back in the Evolve, like, Laboom days. Uh, so uh, I've always been a big fan of Ethan Page. We had a great conversation. I got to also uh, talk with Willow Nightingale. Uh, she was really, really nice. I I got to talk to new AEW signee Will Washington, formerly from Fightful. Uh, really cool dude. And then, yeah, I got to meet John Moxley. Um is this was one of like the very few times that I really didn't know what I was gonna say to him, because like I said, you know, John Moxley has impacted my life, you know. So I uh, I finally got up to him and I told him, Mox, it's it's a, it's an honor to meet you, man. He's like, oh, I really appreciate that. And then I just told him, like, dude, I've been a fan for going back to the Indies, Shield, um, just everything you're doing now with like AEW New Japan, GCW. Um, my father was a big fan of yours as well. Uh, one of the last things I got to show my dad that had to do with you was the the match you had with Kenny Omega, the the barbed wire death match, and just some of the crazy shit you guys did in that match. And he instantly was like, "Oh man, that's awesome! I'm sorry to hear about your dad." And he's like, "I just he's like I'm happy that he legit told me like this. He was like, I'm happy that I got to impact your lives like that. I think that's really really cool." And then we took the photo. And he's like, "Man, this is, this is a great photo. I hope you enjoy your stay and you know your weekend and enjoy double or nothing uh, tomorrow." And that was it, man. It was a really quick, cool conversation, but uh, yeah, I really didn't know what to expect from John Moxley, and man, it, it was really awesome. And it ended up feeling a certain type of way afterwards, not in a bad way, but it just more like, man, I really wish my dad was around for me to tell him this because I knew he would have appreciated that, you know? That's amazing, man. That's an awesome story, and then shout-outs to Mox for being cool. And yeah, listen, I know there's like been like conflicting things about fans meeting Mox yep. and not, maybe not having great experiences with him. I also had a great experience when I met him as well. I thought he was like the coolest dude. Listen, you got to know how to talk to these people too. I mean, oh, yeah. sometimes, you know, maybe if you didn't have a good interaction with a certain talent, maybe it's because you just talk to them in, in a way that they didn't appreciate or something like that. Um, yeah, I thought he was like the coolest, most down to earth, chillest dudes I've ever met. And I'm really glad you had that same experience. And that's awesome uh, to hear. And it's, it's an experience that you're never going to forget. You know, it's kind of just like you're, your interaction with um, Edge and Beth Phoenix yep. that coming home from the Rumble, like it's just something you'll never forget, and that's like one of the nice things about meeting some of these wrestlers um, and these people you look up to and you watch on TV every single week is, you know, when you get a nice interaction with them, it sticks with you, you know. So uh, that's that's really cool, man. I'm really glad that happened. Yeah, man, uh, it was awesome. It was awesome, and like I said, John Moxley's been my guy for so long, man, and just finally getting that moment to just kind of, you know, and I'm sure these wrestlers, right especially like a caliber like Moxley, right? They get this all the time, you know? And I'm not saying they don't take, I'm not saying they take that for granted. That's not what I'm trying to say. But I'm sure other people have told him that. But like for me, just getting him, getting that moment to tell him all these things and then, you know, mentioning my pops, I was like, man, this is just so cool. Yeah, it, it seems, you know, it seems like a very genuine interaction between both you guys. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that's just really, really something special for sure. Also, quick pop during this whole, uh, conversation between me and moxley renee popped up out of nowhere and she said hello to the people online oh, yeah. so that was pretty cool too 
That's cool. <laughs> so, um, Aridian got to also meet a couple of wrestlers. She got to meet uh, Britt Baker, which she popped for like Aridian shirt because it was like a. If you guys know Aridian, she likes to like bedazzle like all her shirts and like you know like just make them like unique. And uh, she did that to uh, a Britt Baker shirt that um, she had, and Britt popped for it, and it was a really great interaction between both of them. I'm sure you can see it in her vlog. I'm sure she's also going to talk about it on the podcast. And she also got to meet uh, Claudio and um, Wheeler Yuta again, which was a really, really cool conversation they, they had, too, because Aridian was telling us how uh, she told Wheeler Yuta, like, I just bought my first AEW figure, and it was yours. Wheeler Yuta's getting this new, like, AEW fig, which is, like, right after... It's based off, like, that match he had with John Moxley, where he's, like, all busted open, and there's, like, blood everywhere. It's a really cool-looking figure. And then Wheeler Yuta was like, oh, man, that's so awesome. And then Claudio apparently was, like, just, like, messing with Yuta and was like, oh, yeah, Wheeler Yuta, he's just oozing machismo. (laughs) (laughs) So they had a really, really cool interaction. And then while all this is happening, right, they had, like, a whole bunch of stage shows that was going on. You know, and I'm sure they've done this in previous um, fan fests as well. But, man, let me tell you, dude, I don't know if if you watch any of his stuff. But RJ City is a national fucking treasure. Let me tell you, this fucking guy is fucking hilarious. There's this one point where he was taking questions from, like, the audience, right? And his shtick was like, this is going to be a shoot interview. I'm going to I'm gonna get straight to the point or whatever. But every time he got, an asked, he got asked a question, right, he would, like, try to, like, deflect the question and be like how dare you ask me a stupid question like that and he was just doing this on and on which was hilarious but there was this one jackass and and listen you're gonna get what i mean by this this one dude right i don't understand people that go to these shows right and they decide to wear merch that has nothing to do with where you're going to for example there's this one jackass right that ended up had the audacity to go up there and ask rj city a question wearing a bloodline shirt like why would you do that and check this out right he asked RJ City, I just want to know what you're doing here. So the crowd booed the guy, right? And then RJ City goes like, you're really going to ask me what I do here. You're going to question me what I do for AEW. And you're wearing a fucking bloodline shirt. And then that was it. <laughs> that was Amazing. it. Amazing. That's all, that's all that needed to be said. Mm-hmm. I just don't get why people do that. Like, I can, I understand, like, listen, there's some shirts that are, like, classics, right, where it's, like, you know, I, like, I kind of get it, right? Like, an NWO shirt or maybe, like, a Macho Man shirt or something, which I wouldn't necessarily do, but, like, I get it, right? But, like, when you're wearing something else that is currently active right now, just to, what are you trying to, do? are you trying to, like, put yourself over? Is that what you're trying to do? Yeah, it's the same. It's like the same exact thing in sports too. When you go to like a, a game and somebody's wearing a jersey of like the opposite team, not 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 the opposite team that they're playing, but for example, like when I go to the New York Mets baseball games, there's always jackasses wearing Yankees jerseys, and, if, and, and like, they're not even playing the Yankees. No, no, and it's like, why are you here? Like, I don't understand. Right. Like, wh- again, yeah, like you just said, what are you trying to prove? Are you trying to get people to look at you? Or are you trying to like? I, I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't get it. I, I that just makes no sense to me. Like, oh, I got tickets to the Mets game. And then you go into your closet and you break out, you know, a Yankees shirt. And the same thing. Oh, I got tickets to an AEW show. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to break out my WWE merchandise. Like, <laughs> like, are you trying to, are you trying to put yourself over? Are you trying to troll people? Do you think you're fucking cool by wearing like, oh, I'm wearing a WWE sh- shirt at an AEW thing. <laughs> 
Yeah, right, right. Stupid tribalism. It's it's ridiculous. It's stupid, man. Yeah, I don't get it either. Yeah, it's fucking dumb. All right, so after Fan Fest, uh, we ended up getting something to eat, or I think we did that in between, like some of like the the meet and greets. I forget, and then. I ended up going back to my hotel, and then afterwards we were gonna go to dinner, and then we were gonna go to uh, uh, Fairmont Street, Fremont Street. I forget. I think it's Fremont Street, which is like this big strip. It's kind of like a mall adjacent, and some like outside wrestling thing that was happening there. We were gonna kind of watch it from a distance, you know. It was like by the Nerd Bar, which is like a very popular, cool-looking bar out there, and we were kind of doing. So we ended up going to dinner, and then we ended up doing that. Uh, we. Very little we ended up seeing, like, some of the wrestling there. We did catch the main event, which was, like, Hijo de Gingo, Joey Janela, and um, Juventud Guerra. We ended up watching that. But they had, like, some weird band playing, like, the entrance themes that was just god-awful. Like, the ring was, like, very low. Like, it was just, like, shindy 1,000%. Like, it visually, it just did not look good, okay? But we were there. We, we had a couple of drinks. We went to the Nerd. And, uh, listen, man, there's just some people that just act stupid, bro. And at one point, we were inside the bar, you know, I was just having a conversation with Lo and, um, and Iridian. We were just talking, and then, so if you go to the Nerd, there's, like, there's, like, a, a bowling alley in the bar. Like I said, it's, like, a really, really cool-looking bar, right? Visually, it looks awesome. So we're there. We're not bowling, but we're, like, by the bowling area because nobody was bowling. Nobody was using, uh, like, the lanes and stuff. So this... This guy comes up, and he goes like, hey, man, are you guys bowling? I'm like, nah, right? And then he's all right. So he goes up to the machine, and it just starts tapping on the screen like he's trying to turn the shit on. But you're supposed to tar- talk to one of the, the bartenders or someone to get, like, you know, to get access to bowl or whatever. But this guy's intoxicated. He leaves his drink there, and he goes back. I want to say, like, maybe 10 minutes later after that, he comes back again. And I'm like, oh, shit. So he, this man gets all up in my face and he goes like, hey, can I talk to you for a second? And I was like, I'm busy. <laughs> he ends up walking away and we, he never came back. Okay. <laughs> so him and his drunk friend, I don't know what ended up happening to them. Okay. After, and this was like in between, this was prior to that main event. After we watched the main event, we ended up going back inside to the bar. We were still hanging out for a bit. Um, I ended up playing, you know what Jenga is, you know, the bar, the, the block yep. gimmicks, Jenga, Jenga, that's what yep. it's called, right? Jenga, you know, the blocks where you put like a tower, you take one of the Jenga things out and then you put it on yeah, top. You, you ever play that ball. game or no? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I was playing that with, uh, I was playing with, uh, with some couple, right? They were cool. They were cool. They were not like too much or anything. So I was, you know, playing Jenga with them. And then, um, this girl, right? This girl, which she was a little bit older, right? She comes up to low and just starts dancing with her. And I'm like, what the hell's going on? So I'm like thinking, like, who the fuck is Lowe's drunk friend here? All right? <laughs> who is this person? Then she does the same thing to Iridian. And then she comes to me and I'm like, what the fuck is and I'm looking at Iridian Lowe. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? I, she was intoxicated. I had no idea who this woman was. She ends up walking away, and me and Iridian look at Lowe. I'm like, who the fuck is your friend? Lowe goes like, I don't know her. <laughs> Only in Vegas. <laughs> That's really the only, uh, you know, explanation. And Lo, Lo lives there, doesn't she? Yeah, Lo lives there. So, so used to that. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so right when we were about to leave, uh, 
I I got to introduce uh, Low and Iridian to Joey Janela. Me and him had a quick conversation. You know, obviously he knows me. You know, from out here in Jersey and stuff. So really cool conversation. You know, shout out to Joey Janela. Um, you know, Low and Iridian definitely wanted to meet them, especially Iridian because, like I told you, during the pandemic, bro, we always used to watch the Janela Zone. So that was a very big, impactful era when it comes yeah. to our <laughs> our IG watching. Oh yeah, I'll never forget it. So that was cool. All right. Sunday. Sunday happens. Double or nothing. Uh, we're going to get into some some bits and pieces of this car. So I just want to put this out there, right? Because I know there's been a lot of people that just did not enjoy the show. They said like it was just a week. It came out a week on TV. And the crowd wasn't there. Me being there live, right? And that's why I want to get your opinion on it because obviously you watched it, right? Now keep in mind, I went to Double or Nothing last year as well, which was over 10,000 people. Okay, I don't know what the number was this year, but it definitely wasn't sold out. All right, um, but being there live, I did enjoy the show top to bottom, and I don't think the crowd was dead at any point. I will even say that even with a lesser attendance, the crowd was still more live compared to last year's. I think yeah. it's more of a and and just to just to wrap up my thoughts really really quick on like when it comes to like visually sound quality and stuff, I mentioned this on a post like the 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 morning after, after Double or Nothing, I don't know if it's like a T-Mobile Arena issue, because I remember also last year people saying like, yo the sound is not um it's not hitting it's not coming off on TV I'm like no I mean, at some points the crowd did die out but I mean the crowd was loud when it when it mattered. This year, the crowd was loud throughout the whole night. Like, there was never a moment where the crowd was dead, which obviously was a lesser attendance. But, like, I still thought, like, when it comes to, like, energy-wise, it was a better crowd compared to last year's. Maybe it's, like, a T-Mobile arena issue where, like, the sound just doesn't project on TV well. But I was there last year. I was here, obviously, this this time around as well and i don't know i just felt like the crowd was never dead at any point it's a, it could also be an AEW issue too they need to mic up their crowds better um mm-hmm. I, I don't know i don't know what the what the solution is but i mean yeah so i saw some people online who were at the show just like you say that oh that's not true it was hot all night but like watching it on tv like people weren't making it up like it legit did not sound hot at all i mean yeah certain moments you know like the the statlander moment and uh you know like like certain certain things here and there right. you know you, the, the crowd was definitely hot for it but like you know um specifically when i noticed it the most was the adam cole chris jericho match people seemed dead they seemed bored they seemed uninterested and that was only the second match of the night Right. Um, it was just dead silent the entire and the entirety of that match. Um, so like, yeah, people like they're saying that like nobody was lying. And I'm sure, you know, you guys are obviously there, too. You guys aren't lying either. I think it's just a a mic issue, I guess, with I don't know if it's AEW's fault or I don't know what it is, but they need to figure out a way to, you know, and, and listen, even if they have to pipe in some noise. I mean, listen, I hate when WWE does that. All right. But, like, at least it would sound better than a freaking library, you know, like like during some of these matches. And, you know, the crowd reactions and, the you know, the crowd cheering and stuff, that always helps matches become that much better. And when it's dead silent, you know, it takes you out of the match as a viewer watching on TV. So, 
Yeah, I mean, this crowd uh, just, again, didn't hit on TV. And, you know, I so I did watch the show when I got back because I ordered it. You know, I wanted to obviously see some of these matches and watch the whole event in its entirety. So mm-hmm. I did just that. Um, and, yeah, I mean, listen, being at these events always definitely helps the experience and, and makes for, you know, a better show. Like, you know, you go to these shows, you're like, oh, wow, I enjoyed that because you're there live in, in person. Watching it on TV, man, this event, at least the first half of the event, was just, I don't know. And again, I don't know if I'm the only one that thinks this. I was very, very bored, I, I will admit. Like, there was not much going on. Sure, the Battle Royal was fun, but, you know, everything else after that, up until, um, you know, the Pillars match, which was the co-main. Yep. Actually, maybe I'd even say a little bit before that when Satlander won the belt. Everything in between just didn't hit for me personally. I just, I was very, very bored. Um, and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I guess the crowd was hot for, for the whole entire show. Dude, even. They were even hot for fucking FTR and Jared and Lethal, which I thought that was the match where it was like, man, I ain't trying to see this shit. But nah, man, the crowd was hot for even that match. Um, just to touch on the whole Adam Cole and Jericho thing, the crowd wasn't there for that match. But what I will say is the ending was super underwhelming, which the crowd did turn on. Yeah, yeah, that that came across on TV. But that's like, I, I don't know what it is, bro. Maybe what you're saying, maybe it's not even a T-Mobile Arena issue. Maybe it's really the miking up the crowd issue. Because, dude, the I was there last year as well. And last year, I will say, there was moments where the crowd was dead. And you already know that show was super long. Oh, but, <laughs> but this year, one, the show flew by. And two... Bro, the crowd was live the whole night. The whole fucking night, the crowd was fucking live. Like, the energy was really, really dope. And and also, this is not to discredit people that watch it on TV. Because, like, especially someone like you, right? Like, I really trust and value your opinion. I know you're not going to bullshit me or, like, just say something, like, negative just for the sake of saying it. No, you're going to be totally honest. So I do believe when you tell me, like, nah, bro, it just didn't translate that way on TV. But sometimes that happens. We, we, we've seen this happen before where you go to a show live, right? And you're like, man, this show was awesome. And then you watch it back on the TV and you're like, huh, it didn't feel that way being live. Or sometimes people that go to a show live are like, oh, this show's all right. And then we watch it on TV. You're like, hey, this show was fantastic. Yeah, I, I guess AEW has to figure that out. I mean, they have to just do a better job, I guess. Of miking up the crowd. Like I said, I mean, it's, it's, the crowd plays a huge part in these shows and, mm-hmm. and in these matches, and they need to figure out some better way, again, if it's that sort of issue, to either, you know, put more mics around the crowd so it comes off better, or, you know, if you got to pipe in fake noise, again, it's better than dead silence, you know? Um, so yeah, they have to figure out some, some sort of way to, to fix that for sure. Yeah. Um, it's so, I'm assuming the latter match also didn't translate well on TV. No, no, not really. Okay. No, I mean, you know, so, so the big spots, you know, the Wardlow, uh, you know, Swanton off the bladder, right. of course. Um, you know, and even going back to, like, what you said with the FTR stuff, like, you know, the, the, the guitar shots and stuff like that. You know, Obviously, like, you know, you could hear the pop on TV and the crowd going nuts for, for things like that. Um, but, you know, just like the middle of the match, you know, like, it's just. Yeah, it wasn't really much going on. And you can even see, like, I was just, like, looking at the crowd, too. Like, just you know, looking at the people in the background and everything. And, like, 
Yeah, it didn't really seem like anybody was really going nuts. But again, you know, I, I don't know. It's obviously a different experience being there. And, you know, you weren't the only one that are, that's saying this either, that the crowd was very lively. So, yeah, yeah I, I don't dude. Know. Yeah, it's uh, when I was reading like all the stuff, I'm like, man, what the hell's going on here? Like, <clears throat> it did it just not translate this well, like on TV? Like, I was quite surprised. But listen, it happens. <clears throat> this, this is not the first time where a show, right? has like a different like point of view from a viewer. You know what I'm saying? Like it's happened before. Like it's not like out of the blue or something that's like that doesn't happen. Sometimes it happens and you know it's unfortunate. But I enjoyed I enjoy the show. And you know, let's just um let's just touch on really a, a quick couple of things. Um Chris Statlander. We we talked about it. We actually I think we spoke about it at the last episode when we were talking about like Jade Cargill's run. And yeah, they kind of just threw that shit at the wall. You know, it was a surprise. I won't necessarily say that that's kind of how I wanted Jade Cargill's uh, reign to end. But at the same time, not because of Jade Cargill's doing, but, you know, her reign has been booked kind of shitty. So, Chris uh, Stanlander, you know, making her return and defeating her, you know, in I forget how many seconds. I think it was like less than a minute. I mean, it's something, you know. Would I have liked it to be a little booked a little bit differently? Yes, but I'm not hating Chris Statlander uh, defeating Jay Cargo and becoming T uh, TBS champion. And guess what? She already defended the title on Wednesday night. Yeah, no, it. I mean, it led to a very uh, exciting moment, of course, you know, and the crowd was just so energetic for that. Um, I think a lot of people were just sick and tired of Jade's run in general. That it just doesn't even matter. Uh, we're all just glad it's over, <laughs> you know. Yep. Um, and again, that's no like disrespect to Jade Cargill. It's not a knock on her because she's great. No, no, yeah, I, I, I think she's great as well. I really have no issues with her. I think her presentation, she's a superstar. You know, yep. her entrance, she comes out looking like a star, like a million bucks. Um, you know, her, her outfits, her gear, and everything, and and she's gotten ten times better in the ring. One thousand uh, percent. So yeah, I have no hate towards her. It's just again the way her run was booked, where she has all these open challenges against these no names, and oh, it's yeah. like. Yeah, no shit she's going to go 60 and 0. I mean, she's facing these sky blues and these freaking... And again, no disrespect to sky blue. It's going to come off sounding, like, really bad, of course. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, people that aren't even freaking built up. Or, or, you know, people are going to come and be like, not Ryan throwing shade at sky blue. Yeah, that's going to be the next thing, right? I, I have a new target now. AR Foxy, he's in the he's in the rear view mirror. Now it's all about me targeting sky blue. Oh, um. But, yeah, I mean, you know, I was just getting tired of seeing shit like that. And, I, you know, there's been a lot of chatter over, you know, the past few months, I guess, of Chris Statlander yep. being the one to yep. eventually do it. And she did. And let me tell you, man, that, again, like like you said, it's not the way you would have booked it. Looking back, though, that's how you make a star. 1,000%. Right? I agree. Like, it, it, she just came back and immediately you just forget about anything that she's done previously with the alien gimmick or whatever like that. Oh, yeah. She came back. She comes out looking jacked as hell. Oh, she looks great. You know, looking like a star and beating Jade Cargill, like you said, in, in a couple of seconds. You know, I know she wrestled two matches, but uh, yeah, listen, she came off looking like a big freaking deal. Yep. And now I'm ready to see what this run has in store. And I'm obviously it's another Long Island uh, talent. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> another Long Island success story. So now you got MJF as the world champion from Long Island. You got Chris Statt as the TBS champion. You got Willow Nightingale as the NJPW strong women's champion. I mean, listen, man, gotta love it. Long Island represent baby. The most magical place in the world. There you go. There you go. 
I do want to mention this too, since you mentioned Willow being the NJPW strong uh, women's champion. Man, the women's wrestling world right now, they are they got hit, man, with the injury bug. So at Double or Nothing, you have Jamie Hayter, which she wasn't really cleared to wrestle. She had like a really weird match with Tony Storm. There were some shenanigans involved. And this is not to discredit the talent. It, they just had to book it this way because of injury, right? So she drops the title to Tony Storm. Over on the New Japan side, Willow wasn't even originally supposed to win the Strong Openweight Championship, right? It was supposed to go to Mercedes Martinez. She breaks her ankle. Then in the WWE side, you have Liv Morgan and Dakota Kai out. Yeah. Yeah, it's... It sucks, man. It sucks when the injury bug hits all at once to these great talents that are on good runs. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, their representative, you know, brands and companies and whatever spots they're in. It's, it sucks, man. I was really, really bummed um, by this Jamie Hayter injury. And listen, I hate and this happens way too often in wrestling nowadays where it's like you're a champion, you're on a good run, yeah, man. and your run ends not when you get beat. But when you have to relinquish the title because you get injured, I feel like that's happening way too often. It happened. It happened a couple of months ago to Josh Alexander and Mickey James. Exactly. Exactly. And not obviously Jamie Hader didn't relinquish the women's championship, right. but she lost it because she's injured. Right. I, and everybody knows that. It's not like it's not like it's not like. Yeah, they try. They're telling us this story in AEW, like, hey, Tony beat her clean or whatever it is, right? But everybody knows it's because of injury. Everybody knows that. Right, right. Yeah, it's it's pretty obvious. Uh, I, honestly, kudos to her for even wrestling those five to seven minutes, whatever however the match was, with an injured, I think it's a shoulder, um, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong about that. Okay. But, I mean, yeah, listen, for her to go in there and even take bumps, uh, I mean, that's got to be pretty bad, obviously, for them to be pulling the title off of her. So, mm -hmm. yeah, kudos to her for going in there and doing it. And, uh, you know, listen, Tony Storm is fantastic, so it's like – they couldn't have picked a better person to be champion now for the time being, yep. whether, you know, Jamie Hader comes back and wins the title, um, you know, on home soil over there in Wembley. Yeah, who, Who's to say it could happen at all in who's to say. Right. Right. But for the time being, I mean, there's, there's really no, nobody better than Tony storm to hold this belt. So no complaints on my end from that. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. All right. Let's talk about the four pillars match. Um, this match I thought was fantastic. I love the entrances, especially Darby Allen's coming out like um, like an Elvis gimmick. Um, MJF's entrance was really cool, too. And, yeah, this four-way didn't disappoint. Yes, the booking going into Double or Nothing and just some of the stuff that we got, kind of questionable. Besides that first segment that we got that pretty much was like the beginning, the, that set the foundation for the Four Pillars match. Besides that... I think Sammy G for the most part held his own with his promos. I don't I don't, you know, I don't give him a knock there. And also congratulations to him and um uh Tay Connie for um, you know, they're they're about to have a you know, Tay's pregnant and more wrestling babies, bro. That's just happening all across the board. So congrats to everyone. Alexa Bliss, Carmella, more wrestling babies. I'm here for it. Um and yeah, this four pillars match was great, dude. And I just love the ending where it was simple as a headlock takeover in a pin that MJF ended up uh, retaining his championship. And then, you know, with the shit, some of the, I love the spot where they all did like their, like the, the, the person that kind of um, took them under their wing, right? I love how they, they did like some of their signature moves. Like yep. Sammy G hit the code breaker, Darby Allen hit the Scorpion death drop. 
Jungle Boy hit the um, Unprettier, and then MJF hit the Crossroads. I love that spot a lot, too. Um, Sammy G, in all these fucking... I feel like in every match, he does something crazy. And where he hits the Spanish fly to Darby, outside, to Jungle Boy and MJF. Fucking insane. MJF, bro, he's a great wrestler. He's in phenomenal shape. But he's also a great seller, too. He even sells... When he does a move to an opponent, which I feel like is a lost art, there's a spot where I believe he hits Darby Allen, if I'm not mistaken, with this powerbomb from the top rope. It, it kind of reminded me a lot of Chris Candido when he used to hit powerbombs on people. He hits Darby Allen with the powerbomb, and he sells his shoulder like he fucking took it, like he broke it in half, bro. I love little shit like that. I thought this four-way is phenomenal. Yeah, man, me too. I, I thought it was fantastic. I really, really loved it. Um... I expected, you know, it to be great, and it was. And, yeah, I mean, I thought all four guys really held their own in there. Everybody looked like a star. I think uh, Sammy Guevara in, uh, specifically, though, really stood out in this match. Yep. I mean, I don't know whether it was like he was just had an extra pep in his step because he That's what it was. High of announcing the baby. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he listen, he's always been incredible. 1, I know he gets hate because, he gets hate because uh, you know, I don't know if it's because he's with Ty, Ty Conti or if, uh, you know, again, he just looks like a cocky asshole or, you know, he's got into backstage fights and, and, and the stuff he said about Sasha back in the day. I don't know why, but the people hate him and he's easy to hate. But man, oh, man, he is a freaking tremendous talent. There's no denying that he's so damn good in there. Um, I, I mean, out of everybody in this match. And I think all, you know, well, the rest of the three guys, um, you know, could become future world champions one day. But I think, you know, you look at Sammy Guevara and he can absolutely be that face of the company, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I, I, like you said, I thought the match was incredible. So many great spots. Um, you know, I, I love those, you know, callbacks too to their mentors, yep. you know, Jericho Sting and, and Christian and, you know, doing all those, uh, you know, the, the submission holds and stuff too. And uh, yeah, I just thought the whole entire match was really really well done it was perfect and uh you know a lot of people were complaining oh why isn't it in the main event spot listen i mean mjf winning the way he did by right. putting the belt on jungle boy when and darby was doing the uh, you know the coffin drop and stuff and him just winning like that and the pay-per-view going off the air is that really what you wanted you know well listen let me um, tell you I'm something not, I'm ryan saying it wasn't a good finish but it's just like it didn't really need to be in the main event spot and uh it was a perfect co-main event well listen let me tell you something ryan after watching what took place in the main event if you still are questioning why the four-way wasn't the main event, you get one of these. Congratulations. You played yourself. Just one last thing on the four pillars before we get into the main event. Uh, listen, the crowd, I don't know if this translated on TV, especially with like just the audio really not matching what I was there live, and it just didn't translate well on TV, but the crowd really wanted Jungle Boy to turn. When he had that belt, and yeah. he was questioning himself, like, should I use it? Should I not use it? When he threw it down on the floor, when he just threw it away, yo, that crowd booed. It made me laugh, too, because Lowe's like, <laughs> Lowe goes like, why are you booing him? He's a good boy. <laughs> it was so funny. But, yeah, the, I think the crowd really wants Jungle Boy to turn. And you know what? I'm not opposed to a heel turn. And it's so funny because fast forward to Dynamite when he made the save to Hook. He, when he had that chair, I'm like, yo, is this guy going to hit Hook with the chair? It really made me question it. So, I don't know, man. I know they're, we're going to get like the return of Jungle Hook in a, in a match against um, 
LFI on Wednesday. That's who they're facing, right? I believe it's LFI on Wednesday on Dynamite. Listen, man, it wouldn't shock me if Jungle Boy turns on Hook. Listen, I think it's time, man. I think, you know, the babyface Jungle Boy has run its course for the yep. time being. I think, you know, he'll listen, heel turns do wonders for guys, and I think it could really benefit him. And, yeah, I, I think he could be a good heel. Yeah. I think he's really coming to his own as of late in promos um, and everything. So I could, uh, you know, listen, I could only imagine what he'd be like as a heel. And it's obviously a lot easier to play a heel than a babyface, I, I think, at least, you know. I mean, being a bad guy, it's, it seems easier than, you know, trying to get the crowd to – get behind you and, and being this good good guy baby face um so yeah i think it's definitely much needed and uh you know i don't think you know him teasing it it was done accidentally i think it's because that it's coming so um yeah i, I think it was great also another spot i loved in that match too i was you know again it's just like so obvious but it was just it popped me uh, it was just so funny like when mjf tells sammy to lay down because <laughs> yeah. Think about your kid. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'll lay down for you. I'll take the money. I mean, like, it, it couldn't have been any more obvious, but it was just such a funny little, like, pop moment, you know? And, and the crowd, obviously, like, that came across oh, yeah. on TV, that pop yeah. when Sammy rolls them up with a small package. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, so many so many great memorable spots in that match. And, uh, yeah, I thought, I thought it was tremendous. Yeah, it really was. All right, dude, let's talk about this match, bro, Anarchy in the Arena. Listen, when it comes to, like, Anarchy in the Arena, this is the second version of this match. And, like, just stadium stampedes. I love this shit, bro. I love the chaos. I love... I just love when it really feels like an anarchy. And I can say the same thing about the stadium stampede, too. It just really feels like everything's just getting thrown at the wall. This is happening over here. Like, it's just... The, it's just... I love shit like that. I love the madness. I'm here for the madness. Yeah. Um, before we talk about this match, I do want to just bring this up. Because I feel like it would be... It would be against it would it would be against I guess like how this show is if we just don't mention it right. <clears throat> so a lot of people online after this match took place, all right, I, or maybe it was happening during the match. I'm not sure because I stayed away from my phone, right? Unless I was recording something, I wasn't seeing what the hell was happening online. But a lot of people made a, a an issue about the lead singer of Violent Idols, which was the band that was performing, right? Um, Wild Thing through the, the Anarchy of the Arena and the entrance, right? Uh, about the, the gimmick that he had on, right? And because the, the gimmick, the face paint, the mask, whatever he had on, had a lot of uh, resemblance to blackface, right? And I don't want to go on a tirade about it, whatever. I think people that are smart enough and that listen to us or watch us uh, know where we stand when it comes to issues like that. You know, we're totally against it, whatever. But when it comes to this specific situation... Was the, 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 the gimmick a little bit questionable? Yes. But at the same time, if you follow this, the, the lead singer and, and the band on Twitter, because I had to do my research. All I know about the Violent Idols is that they did John Moxley's theme song. Like the first AEW theme. Okay? That's the only thing I know about them. I don't know nothing much about them. I know they do like a lot of cover songs. That's it. That's all I know about them. But I, I looked on social media just to kind of get like a feel of this band. And the lead singer has been always wearing, like, gimmicks on his face, like a mask and, like, the face paint or whatever. It kind of reminds me a lot of Slipknot, right? Kind of like the the aura and the presentation of the lead singer. And, um, listen, I, I don't... I get why people made a big deal about it, and I also understand, like, how some people might have feel offended about it, but I also don't think that what he was wearing and shit was to try to, like... 
you know, be controversial or something like that. I don't think that's what it was either. I just, you know, just based on what I saw on his social media, listen, you guys could do it too. Uh, you know, this is something that he wears or whatever. And did it look a little bit questionable? Yes, but I don't think he meant any ill will with it. Okay. And I'll just leave it there. I don't know if you have any thoughts about it. No, I mean, just simply, I mean, yeah, I don't think AEW would have approved this either if there was, you know, some sort of intent there. Mm -hmm. I mean, listen, this is just, I mean, people's minds just go to this stuff right off the bat. It's not something that my mind goes to. Um, I, you know, yeah, of course, you know, I saw the, the chatter online about it. I chose to ignore it. Again, I don't really know too much about it. Right. I don't want to speak to, you know, and speak, uh, you know, uneducated right. uh, about it. So, uh, you know, I, I just, yeah, I don't, I wouldn't assume. It was done in any ill will or right. any intentional way. But again, that's just the way people's minds work. And, you know, it's the world we live in nowadays. So I'm not shocked. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. Let's talk about this match. Dude, I thought this match was fantastic. Um, just like the Four Pillars match, I added this match to my list as well. Uh, listen, I I would even say I'm, I, maybe I might have enjoyed this one more than the first one. And I love the first one, too. But, dude, bro, this... This match was crazy, bro. Um, with some of the spots these guys were doing, and then the fucking the loaded super kick, and dude, this match was fantastic being there live, you know. And like I said, I don't know how it came across on TV. Maybe you have a different feel on it because I, I think we might have had the same discussion too last year. I'm not sure if it came off the Anarchy in the Arena one came off a little bit different on TV, but being there live for that match was it was fantastic as well. Um, I my prediction didn't come truth all the way because we didn't get Kota Ibushi yet, but we did see uh Takeshita turn on the elite. Is he BCC or not? That's to be determined. But Don Callis and Takeshita, they're they're now have an agenda to kind of end the elite. And Don Callis did go on record on Wednesday night saying that he's ready to build his own family, which. I want to go back to that in a little bit, but uh, I thought this match was great, dude. Um, I don't know how it translate on TV, but just kind of give me your thoughts on it. Yeah, no, it did. This one definitely did translate on TV. I mean, within all the chaos, um, the crowd was definitely lively for it. You could tell. I mean, it was pure insanity. I mean, this match was awesome, too. <laughs> I mean, just unfreaking believable. And apparently they did have some restrictions uh, because of last year, I guess, the T-Mobile Arena – uh, was not thrilled with some of the things that they did in the Anarchy in the Arena match, mm -hmm. or some of the, the places they did they they went to in the in the arena or whatever it was. So apparently they told them this time they had to like tone it down a bit. But I mean, man, I don't really know. They didn't really tone down anything. Uh, it was it was great. I mean, we got you know Claudio and Matt on you know fighting over by the concession stands, and you know Claudio doing the the big swing to him on the concourse, throwing him into the garbage can. We had those two battling out in the back uh, bed of a truck on the outside. Um, you have the exploding super kick spot, obviously, which, you know, again, of course, going to be controversial because, you know, everybody loves to shit on things here and there instead of, like, just saying, oh, wow, that was a cool spot. That was different. That was Everybody's great. Like, the, oh. the fact that Matt Jackson fucking set, like, the, the new Air Jordan Spider-Man edition yeah. for um, Spider-Verse, the, the fact that he's like, you know what, I'm just going to throw this money away. The shoes ain't even released yet, but you know what, I'm going to wear it for this match and explode my foot off. Fuck it, why not, right? I got the money for it. <laughs> now, now everybody's going to be going to buy those shoes thinking that it's going to, you know, every time they throw a kick, it's going to explode. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought that was a, a crazy spot. I was not expecting that. I mean, yeah, you had the freaking, you had a leaf blower in there. Oh, I mean, yeah. 
Every, everything that they could have done, they did. And I thought it came across so well. Everybody got their spots in. Um, so brutal, too, when, when Mox brings in those uh, those thumbtacks and he puts Nick, uh, no, Matt, excuse me, his foot right in there. They, they pull his, uh, his <gasps> oh, shoes off. Oh, and... dude, I, I just have to mention this about that spot. When that spot happened, and keep in mind, Matt is still fucking barefoot, right? He's still barefoot for the rest of the match. Dude, you literally see... I think he got pinned at one point. I forget. And his foot was kind of like elevated. You yeah. see chunks of flesh just hanging off the heel of his foot, bro. It God, looked yeah. nuts. Yeah, well, and you guys had great seats for this show too. Mm-hmm. So you guys were like right there for for all this chaos. And bro, I felt that shit. Listen, I feel like when I'm watching wrestling or whatever, and I see a crazy spot, I cringe. I'm like, oh, right. But when it comes to like. When it comes like to certain areas of your body, right? It it's like when you see something like that, it's like you feel it too. And like you know, your foot is kind of sensitive, right? You know, you st- you know, you fucking hit your big toe. You're like fuck, right? Yo, just seeing that shit, just imagine tacks on the heel of your foot. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, dude, I know. I felt it watching at home. I was like, oh my god, you know. And they they showed some pretty nice camera angles of it too, um, which just yeah, man. So just. Oof, you know, like crazy. Um, but yeah, kudos to Matt. And, and by the way, shout outs to Match Action too. I don't, I was not even aware of this that he was bat- battling an injury for yep. uh, the past couple of months yep. too, and yep. didn't know if he was going to be wrestling in this match, and mm-hmm. got cleared apparently. And uh, man, he took he took some of the craziest bumps in this match. So go figure. The guy who was injured coming in is the one that takes some of the the, the craziest uh, you know moves. But yeah, I thought I thought this was great. And then the reveal of Takeshita really came all, across well too. Um, you know. We didn't get the Ibushi uh, thing, but you know what? I'm glad they didn't do that. Right. You know, let let this build up a little oh, bit yeah. more until maybe we get a blood and guts, and then have him in. Because you know, if you're thinking about about it realistically too, right? It's almost like if they brought out Ibushi, it's like it it's too scripted. You know what I mean? Like right. it's like oh, right. Ibushi knew that Takeshita was gonna do that, and he just so happened to be backstage. Like I, I just I don't think. I think waiting on it is the right call, right decision. Give Takeshita that moment. Give BCC that moment uh, to close the show. And then, you know, keep building up the story, obviously. We know where it's headed. And then I think it's only a matter of time before we see Ibushi. It's got to be where it's headed. Listen, the crowd wanted it. The crowd was cheering for Ibushi. And then also, yeah. after the you know the, the broadcast ended, you know, Kenny Omega did get on the microphone and talk to the audience. And he did mention, he's like... Listen, don't give up on us. Don't give up on the elite. Listen, I got a things, a, a couple things uh, up my sleeve, and who knows? Maybe I'll bring a friend or two, uh, in the process of that. So he's definitely putting little teasers out there. Fast forward to Dynamite. Uh, Hangman Page did say that, yeah, Kenny Omega's not in the country, but he's not in Canada. So they're putting teasers out there. So, uh, you know, the the Kota Bushi AEW debut is gonna happen. Oh, yeah, I, I firmly believe it will, too. I mean, at this point, this guy's been free agent for a, a while now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I feel like AEW is a really the only logical destination for him um, at this point, and he fits right into the story perfectly. So, yeah, he's coming for sure. Um, it's just a matter of when. And, uh, yeah, man, the story will continue. But uh, it, it was just – it was awesome. It was so great. It was pure anarchy, like you said. It was yep. exactly what it needed to be. And, uh, yeah, just wild, wild stuff, as expected. Okay, so – one final thing on Double or Nothing, and then I got one last thing to talk about AEW before we get into like the WWE stuff, right? This is a loaded show, guys, all right? A very loaded show. Overall, did you enjoy Double or Nothing, though? Because I know it translated different on TV. But you already know my thoughts on it. 
just give me your quick yeah, thoughts. Yeah, it was okay. It was fine. It wasn't, you know, I, I don't think it was a bad show. Right. Um, like I said, if the crowd came off a little bit better, it, it would have, maybe my opinion would be like, oh, yeah, I thought it was great. Right. I'm not going to say it was great. Uh, it had its moments. It's definitely one of the weaker AEW pay-per-views that I've seen uh, in quite some time. Okay. Um, it, like like we said going into it, it wasn't, it had no hype. It didn't right. feel special. Mm-hmm. It just felt like another show. Um, and again, you know, I'm, the the anarchy, the Statlander win, the Pillars four way, those are the things you're really going to take away from this show. Everything else was just kind of there. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, like I said, it was it was a, an okay show. I'm not going to say he was a great great show, but I'm also not going to say it was a bad show either. Right, right, okay, okay. One last thing on AEW, they finally made the announcement. Ryan, CM Punk is making his return June seventeenth on AEW Collision. Yep. <laughs> Brian, what's He's wrong, back. bro? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, listen, it was obviously to be expected. Oh, yeah. Entire, the whole entire time, everything was going to work out between the two sides. But let the chaos begin, man. I, I'm shocked. You know, we haven't even we haven't seen like subtweets yet from AEW talent. Mm-hmm. I'm just waiting for shit to hit the fan again, because that's ultimately what always seems to happen you know, once this man is involved in anything nowadays. Uh, yeah, I mean, I... He got a mixed reaction. It wasn't all yeah, cheers, yeah, bro. Of course. Of, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well he, he'll... He's always going to have his his fans. I mean, that's that's always going to be... They're always going to be there. I he's think... He's going to have his hardcore I, fans. And he's always going to be a divided, you know, like, he's I, always going to be decisive. Well, I think now more than ever, it's going to be divided. I feel like it's going to be very kind of Cena-esque, if you will, right? Where it's going to be like... Let's go punk. CM Punk sucks or something down like that. Like it's going to I think it's going to unless you're in Chicago cuz you know Chicago that's he's going to get cheered no matter what. But I think we're going to see kind of like that Cena type shit where you're going to have dueling chance for CM Punk. Yeah, I'm I'm really curious to see, you know, this second run of CM Punk here for a couple different reasons too. One being I don't know how you could ever put the world title back on this guy. That can't I'm happen. Sure, that can't I'm happen. Sure they they may do that because again he's they're gonna create a title for him. That's what's gonna happen. Yeah, maybe they. Yeah, maybe they create a secondary title. I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know. And not even just like because of, you know, all the um, you know, the controversy he brings, but also because. He just can't seem to stay healthy, and that's another thing too. Yeah. I mean, I, it, it, he's going to come back, and he's going to be jump right back into the action. Man, if he gets hurt again, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, wh- when, when's enough enough? Like, like, what's the, then? What happens? You know, I don't know. I don't know. You know how to feel because I've always been a CM Punk fan, right? Nah, yeah, me but too, yeah. bro. Me too. But at the same time, I'm getting really sick and tired of hearing, you know, about all these all, about all the things he's been involved with and this and that. And I'm sick and tired of seeing that dude, Ace Steel's name attached to him too. I, I just, it's, I don't think that guy should ever have a job in any wrestling company ever again. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I saw CM Punk return. I saw him come back. I saw him wrestle. I saw a couple of great feuds that he had. I'm satisfied as a CM Punk fan, man. I don't need to see any more of him. I'll be honest. He just doesn't, it just doesn't excite me anymore. You know, like I hope he can, turn my opinion around but like the thought of cm punk coming back and wrestling again doesn't excite me like it did the first time around just because i've already seen what he's like in the ring at 40 you know what 40 something years old 
mm-hmm. and he just I don't know didn't really do it for me. Well, the thing, the the, pro- the part of the problem of CM Punk's return, uh, you know, besides like all the issues or whatever it is, if he rubs people the wrong way or whatever, it's the fact that just after Brawl Out, what we want to see is CM Punk and <clears throat> his handpicked people versus the elite because there's real life heat there, right? And if you don't give us that, it's going to be a downer no matter what. It doesn't matter if CM Punk doesn't get hurt again. It doesn't matter what kind of banger matches he has. And listen, I'm not saying that we're not going to enjoy those banger matches, right? But where the money's at and the intrigue is at is CM Punk versus the Elite. And if problems don't get resolved, which, listen, I just don't understand. Yeah, you could do this draft split, right? But what happens on pay-per-views? You're gonna Everybody's going to be under the same roof. What, right. we're just going to avoid each other? Listen, I, I just I feel like there's a way that you can sit everybody together and let's make some fucking money because that's what the audience wants. The audience wants to see CM Punk versus the Elite story because there's real-life tension there. And who's to say? Who's to say they haven't sat down already and has, you know, worked things out? We don't know that. We also, we also as a wrestling fan base right and a wrestling audience right especially us you know what we do on here right give our opinions give our thoughts we laugh it up a little bit we also get some of our news from the dirt sheets right and listen fightful the shit that sean ross sap does he's like on the top tier of fucking reporting right um but listen that doesn't mean he gets everything that doesn't mean everybody tells these dirt sheets what's going on right who's to say that there's some stuff that we don't know about the Brody Lee situation, the unfortunate situation that happened there, nobody knew anything, but the, the AW Town didn't know, and they kept their mouth shut. So maybe there's a bigger thing that's happening here that we don't know about. I sure hope so. I mean, I really do, because, yeah, I mean, that's the only thing that I'd be interested right now in, in, in my mind. Like, that's that's the one thing that does excite me about him coming back is him teaming up with FTR against the elite, you know, whether that happens at Wembley, I don't really care where it happens, but that's a big time match. And I think, I think to get past this CM Punk elite stuff, you just need to do a program together. I think that's it. They, they need to work together on screen, give us what we want, satisfy us. And then we could all finally move on from this. And there won't be that. Well, I'm sure there'll still be that split where it's like elite fans versus punk fans. And this is that, you know, the tribalism in wrestling is just unbelievable. Um, but we could finally get past this whole thing. So, yeah, I mean, I, I hope that happens. Um, you know, a couple of other things I'd like to see, you know, CM Punk versus Samoa Joe, I think would be cool, you know, given their history from Ring of Honor. I know that's been teased a little bit as well. So there are things I would be interested in right. seeing CM Punk do. Again, he just needs to stay healthy. Oh, and, yeah. again, there can't be, like, again, if somebody goes off the cusp and says something in a promo, like, he can't get all bent up out of shape and then yeah. go shoot on the guy the next time, the next segment, you know, like he going to business for himself. Like, I just, I fear that there's, everything's going to go well at first, like it did the first time around. And then we're just going to see, you know, just everything explode again. And, and I, I'm just not here for it anymore as a fan of AEW. I just don't, you know, don't need that. It's, it's not a coincidence that when he's not here, things seem to be going smooth. And then he walks right through the door and shit just starts hitting the fan again. Well, what's you know? going to be very telling too, right? And 
you know, going forward with this AEW Collision show, right? There's going to be separate rosters, right? It'll be very interesting to see if at AEW Collision, you know, he goes in there and then he starts rubbing people the wrong way and the leader not even part of that show. That's going to be very telling. And I know, listen, I'm a CM Punk fan, but I got to be honest here. It's going to be very hard for the CM Punk apologist to try to make excuses for CM Punk where it's like, okay, now the people that he has beef with, they're not even on this show, but he's still rubbing people the wrong way. He's still causing some controversy backstage. You get what I'm saying? Yep. Yeah, no, totally. I, like I said, really, really curious to see how this goes, man. Like, I, hey, I'm here for the car crash in the beginning, but <laughs> listen, I, I just, I don't know, man. I just don't really want to all this stupid drama again. I just want to enjoy wrestling. That's yeah, me too, bro. As a fan, I just, I, I don't, oh, I don't care about what he says on Instagram. And oh, all. yeah. Oh, yeah. So childish, man. It, it really is. And like you said, they could separate the rosters all they want. But again, there's going to come times like pay-per-views when he's under the same roof as John Moxley, who he, who he, he went on a rant on. Chris Jericho, which apparently they've settled their issues from, you know, what we've heard. Allegedly. And, yeah. of course, yep. the Elite. They're all going to be together under the same roof. So, like, you know, are we all going to be cool? Are we all going to work with each other? Or, again, are we going to be immature babies and going to cause more drama? I don't know. I guess time will tell. Certainly going to be interesting, though. Let me tell you. I am – I and as a whole, too, I'm curious to see how this collision show goes, especially with two separate rosters. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll – I don't know. We'll see. I'm 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 looking forward to it. Oh yeah, you're 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 looking forward to the car crash. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, it's in a weird way. All right. Let's get into some WWE stuff. Cause while AEW did have a big weekend, and especially with the CM Punk return announcement, man, WWE they just keep delivering one thousand percent. First of all, Night of Champions. I ended up watching this show throughout the week, not at, like all at once. I was just when watching bits and pieces throughout the weekend. Listen, Night of Champions was a great show as well, man. Uh, Brock Lesnar, Cody Rhodes 2. I thought that match was better than their Backlash match. And Listen, there's two Match of the Year contenders also. When we talk about the list of matches of 2023, you talk about the main event between Roman and Solo against Kevin Owens and Sammy. And then you talk about the opener, which was AJ and Seth Rollins to crown the new World Heavyweight Champion. Jesus Christ, bro. That, that opener? Huh. Dude, they didn't disappoint, bro. It, it was just as good, maybe even better than their first encounter back in 2019. AJ, he's, even though he's getting older, he still wrestles like he's he's wrestling like in his 20s, okay? He's not missing a beat. And Seth Rollins is just like the best wrestler in the world at this point. Listen, they, it's, it's going to be very hard, hard to argue at the end of this year not making Seth Rollins number one. And listen, we still got six months left, right? So things could change, right? But as of right now, I think he's very heavily in contention to be that number one spot for wrestler of the year. Yeah, no arguments here. I I 100% agree. He's been fantastic. It's been a while since I've seen a big-time AJ Styles match that I was really excited about and, and into. And yeah, I mean, these two delivered a classic match for the World Heavyweight Championship. I yep. thought it was great. Um yeah, I mean, I, everything you said about AJ is, is correct. He can still go. I mean, there's no denying that. And then kudos to Seth Rollins, man. I mean, you know, being on the set of the new Captain America oh, movie yeah. for as long as he was and getting into Saudi Arabia very late the night before and still delivering the great match that he did. 
And then, of course, winning the the World Heavyweight title, which was basically a given, is just so well-deserved. I mean, he's been so selfless over he's the past. He's been Teflon, bro. That's how, that's, that's how good he has been in the last, like, pretty much since this version of Seth Rollins started. You know, the whole um, visionary gimmick that he's been doing. He's been Teflon where he's taken some losses, right? And a lot of losses, yeah. And it's done nothing to him, right? And his popularity and just his connection with the crowd just continues to fucking grow. And what's so dope about it is it just feels so organic. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the best part about it. I mean, listen, you can't, you can't force things in wrestling. I think we've learned that lesson the hard way over the years with, you know, John Cena's and Roman Reigns. Like when you force something, the the crowd is going to turn on it. They don't want to be force fed Mm -hmm. things that they don't want to be force fed. So when something comes across so organically like this, it's a beautiful thing. And, you know, you're not going to see people booing Rollins. I mean, he's one of the hottest stars in the company. I mean, it's, and he's an ultra baby face right now. And, and it's great to see. People love singing his song and everything. And he's going to go on a great run with his World Heavyweight title. I mean, we're already seeing he's defending it on Raw against Damian Priest, which is going to be a great match. And, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm here for it, man. I love the fact that they brought back the World Heavyweight title. I cannot stress it enough. It's so great to see. It's so refreshing to see. And, again, it's been a while since Seth Rollins was a world champion, and obviously that run was brutal when he won the Universal title. Mm-hmm. So now he's he's getting some revenge, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome. Another thing I wanted to point out about uh, Night of Champions is that crowd was fantastic, bro. You know who doesn't have audio issues when it comes to crowds? And that's WWE. This, yeah. listen, the audience in Saudi Arabia, bro, they were fucking fantastic, bro. They they were just like the 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 like the crowd reactions from out here and like Puerto Rico. They were reacting to everything. They were they booed Bianca just like it's been like a, a trending thing out here and then in Puerto Rico as well. Like they were like in tuned with everything, bro. Like I love seeing that from like I love see, I love seeing that from crowds in general. But for whatever reason, maybe you feel this way too. When it's like outside of the states, because we're fucking spoiled demographic out here when it comes to wrestling. When you see it outside the country, right? I don't know, man. It just hits different for me. Yeah, no. I mean, listen, we can talk about these shows in Saudi Arabia and talk about how we don't support them and and everything like that. The blood money and all that stuff. But there's no denying that when WWE does go there for these shows, whenever they go twice a year, that the crowds absolutely deliver 100%. They are into the show. They are excited about the show. They're having a great time. Yeah. So, I mean, listen, at least, you know, that's the positive, I guess. It's like WWE is not going over there to just put on a show in front of a bunch of, you know, uh, I don't even, I don't even know. Yeah, but like they're going over there to put on a show for passionate, diehard right. wrestling fans or WWE fans, you know, specifically. And and you could even tell from like I saw some clips of like a, a press conference thing that they did or whatever. Like, uh, you know, Cody comes out and like they're just going nuts. Sammy coming out, they're going nuts. Like mm-hmm. it's yeah. I mean, listen, though, those those crowds are great. So uh, you know, I don't want to take anything away from right. them at all uh just because you know their country is just a mess right but... listen the, the the higher power if you will the the people that are in control yeah they're they're sketch right but the right. people that are like in the audience you know they're just regular people like me and you and you could tell how much they love this shit like we do right yeah it's great uh also let, let's talk about um real real quick it's a, it's an end of an era and bianca belair uh, dropped her women's championship to Asuka. Asuka ended that streak. 
I think this is a good play for Bianca long term because you know it was getting to that. And listen, I love Bianca Belair. Okay, this is not taking nothing away from her. I think she's been a fantastic champion. Okay, um, you can always make the argument when it comes to her. Listen, the past two Luchis, she's been our Women's Wrestler of the Year. Who's to say it can't happen this year, right? But we needed a uh, we needed a change of scenery for her, and I think long term this defeat is gonna you know is gonna benefit her. Yeah, I think, you know, I think she's one that could turn heel and, yep. uh, you know, help her out. And, yeah, listen, I mean, I didn't I didn't expect this run to end here. I didn't. Uh, but, I, yeah, I don't really hate it either. <laughs> one thing I do hate is, again, there is still no mention of them doing anything with these women's titles. Yep. It's like, oh, yep. Oscar wins the Raw women's title. And oh, yeah. Here, here she is on SmackDown again. <laughs> like, it's, I, I, I don't understand, bro. Just like, hold, I don't, yeah, just hold off on that thought because I might um I might uh have something about that. Just hold off on right. that thought, but I, I get it. I'm with you, bro. I'm with you. I'm also annoyed by it too. It's not that it's not annoying, but um I did read up on something uh recently that we might finally get some answers about this whole women's championship situation. But um, but yeah, um another thing about Bianca too about her getting booed. I don't know if you noticed this, but. On SmackDown, there was a qualifying match for Money in the Bank. It was LA Knight versus Montez Ford. Yo, even Montez Ford is now getting booed. Yeah, well, I mean, he's going up against LA Knight, Which right? Is super so, like, hot right now. People would just want yeah. to see him succeed. Yeah, so, I mean, I think that's probably why. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I listen, I think there's a couple of people in WWE that could benefit from turning heel right now. And, I mean, Bianca's definitely one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Montez is not really, like, a single yeah. star yet. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't really – I mean, I they the, the Street Profits can go heel if they want. But, I don't know, I just think they're really too over with, uh, you know, their gimmick. And uh, I just feel like they're good faces right now. Um, but, yeah, I think that was primarily because he was going up against LA Knight. But I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see what happens. All right, dude, let's talk about the best – fucking story in all of wrestling and that's his bloodline story first of all Sami Zayn, bro i'm so happy for this guy man because like i know you know a lot of people want him to defeat roman at backlash especially in his in his home fucking country and shit like that even though that match was fantastic but man the journey that sammy's been on bro to ultimately go to saudi arabia which he's been totally against whatever with what was going on at the time with Saudi Arabia and, and, and um, what is it, Syria? Syria at the time? Um, yeah, there was some, yeah. you know, I don't know the details of it, but that's pretty much the reason why he was not going to Saudi Arabia. Define going there, getting that fucking ovation. And then when he makes his entrance, he starts speaking Arabic to the crowd. Man, that is so fucking dope for him, man. Like, and like we all know Sami Zayn is just such a great guy. Like, when you see shit like that, when you see stories come full circle, how can you not be happy for this guy? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I don't really understand any of that stuff, and I, yeah, I'll be honest. Me too. I'm also uneducated as well. I'm just yeah. going like I'm just going by like little stuff that I've read. Yeah, but like you could feel that shit, you know? Like you could feel what a special moment it was watching it, even without even knowing. Like being so uneducated, uh, you know, on the issues between those two, uh, yep. you know places and and what went on and why sammy wasn't allowed or why he chose not to go or whatever the reasoning behind it was but man when he comes out you get the reaction you see the look in his face you see how passionate and crazy the crowd's going like you could feel that even if you don't even understand it so i mean yeah what a what a crazy moment and you know he put out a couple of clips about him doing a couple of things outside of you know um obviously 
outside of the show, like on his free time or whatever, visiting some of the iconic places there, I guess, in, in Saudi Arabia or whatever. And, like, you just tell what a crazy moment that meant for him, you know, like how, how awesome it was. And he just kept reiterating, too, like, WWE's taken me to amazing places, man. I would never would, would have come anywhere if I wasn't a WWE superstar. And like I said, you could just feel what type of moment that was for him. And again, you had him, you know, in Montreal at, at Elimination Chamber, and now you have this. I mean, Sami Zayn's just having a hell of a year. I mean, it's just he really a hell of it. it's just unbelievable. He really is. Also, uh, WWE released a clip where Becky Lynch is watching like the whole match and the entrance or whatever. And she's like crying. Cause that's how happy yeah. she is for like Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. And she's just like, I'm just so happy for them, especially Sammy. Just, you know, they're great guys. And Sammy's getting this moment. Like she's just crying. And it's like, not only are we happy for Sammy, but also their peers are happy for them. And it says a lot, bro. It, that says a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it, it that was legit as genuine as they can get too, like genuine happiness um so yeah i mean you could just tell like i said without even knowing all the facts and all the you know things behind you know what happened or whatever like you could just tell that that was a an incredible moment that we witnessed so when it comes to this match i thought this match was fantastic as well i added this match to my list of matches that i want to talk about at the end of the year i just besides how the match like Started with Kevin Owens first was he was gonna lock it up with Roman and then he tags in Sammy, he gets this reaction, and then Roman lately, right? He's been doing this in recent weeks where he's showing a bit of like stress and like him being unstable because shit is not happening his way. And I just love seeing those characteristics now from Roman. And he's just so fed up, and then he just tags in Soul, and, and then Soul and Sammy start the match. And then you have the all these moments, and you have all these callbacks where Kevin Owens is facing with Roman, or Sammy's facing with Roman. I, I just love seeing shit like that. And then you have the Usos' involvement, where they're trying to help out Roman and Solo. But instead, that shit backfires, and they fucking superkick Solo. Roman doesn't see that Sammy moves. He just sees Solo getting super kicked. Roman gets in the ring. He pushes Jimmy. He gets in Jay's face. And then Jimmy pulls the fucking trigger. It, it just, I love the storytelling they're telling now with this next chapter of the bloodline, which is the bloodline Civil War. Ultimately, KO and Sammy retain the tag titles. And then you have that one shot. Besides like the Jimmy and Jay and Roman stuff, but you see that one shot where Sami Zayn's in the top turnbuckle holding both the both tag straps and he's looking down at Roman Reigns. That shot right there is like full circle. I love shit like that, bro. It's like watching a movie. Yeah, this whole entire storyline is like watching a freaking movie. It's, uh, I mean, you could literally do a five-hour movie on just everything that has gone down over the past year in this story. And this is just another layer added on top of it. And, you know, coming out of WrestleMania, the Bloodline story was kind of, uh, it cooled off a bit, you yeah, know? It, it lost some, some steam, but it's back. And it's back in a huge way. <laughs> yep. Man, like, I, so I obviously knew the Usos were going to get involved here, right? I mean, it's pretty obvious. Um, I thought they were accidentally going to super kick Roman or something like that. But, man, the fact that it was a deliberate, uh, you know, kick from jimmy and just jay's reaction and uh 
man, again, these guys are legit actors. Bro. <laughs> they really are, bro. They, it's unbelievable. And, like, I love how when, like, you know, the commentary doesn't say anything. Yeah, like, you and you hear, hear them talk. You hear they yeah. let the, they let the people in the ring just talk. Yeah, like you're not, they're not on the microphone. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, and, and this is why too, like these are, you know, being there live is awesome. It's a great experience, but that, these are like some instances where it's like watching on TV, like you could hear this stuff. Like if you're in the arena, you know, or at the stadium, for example, like you might not be able to hear like this unless you got obviously like front row seats. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, hearing Jimmy say like, I'm doing what you should have done a long time yeah, ago. Bro. And then, you know, delivering the kick, like, and then, uh, you know, Roman falling out of the ring and then like, uh, Jay was like calling Roman Joe, like by his real yeah, name. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Like, yeah, dude. Every little nuance, man. Like everything, everything means something. And oh, God, I just love it so much, man. I was so invested in this, man. I was actually I was telling you off air. I was watching this. So you know, I was by the pool yep. on this day, and you know, the the show was during the day. It was an afternoon show. And uh, by the bar, they had Wi-Fi. So I'm like, all right, you know, I watched the opening match, the Seth Rollins-AJ match, and then, you know, kind of shut the phone off and kind of, you know, just relax and stuff yeah. like that. But then I did tune back in for the main event because I wanted to see this. And, man, I was just watching this shit, like, and I was just like, holy shit, like, just so <laughs> invested. People were probably watching me like, what the hell is this guy watching? Uh, but, man, it was so freaking good. It really was, dude. It really was. And just going back to the the whole super kick heard around the world, right? What I love this is like there's so many different layers layers to that. Besides Jimmy just snapping and finally like that's it, I'm done and I'm super kicking Roman. Now you have two members of the bloodline that pulled the trigger before Jay. First it was Sammy, and now it's his brother Jimmy. Now who's to say? Is Solo going to be the next one before Jay where he's like enough with this shit? Is Jay going to finally be, is Jay going to be the next person to be like, I'm done? Or is he going to be the end result where he's like, I can't do this anymore? Because like also throughout the, the last couple of months, you see the distress from Jay. So it, it's just, I just love all these different layers to this fucking story. Yeah. And, and the best part about it, and you know, in wrestling nowadays, some things are pretty predictable and like, you know, that's okay in certain circumstances. Right. But like, this is a circumstance where I legit have no idea right. where they're going with this. Like I have no idea and, and nobody could say that they do because listen, yeah. you could predict some stuff and yeah, maybe it'll come true, but dude, there is absolutely no shot. Anybody knows where they're exactly going with this. I mean, I can predict off the cusp, like maybe, and I don't know. I, I can't keep track of the the shows that um you know Roman Reigns is working now or the ones that he's not working. But if he's working in Money in the Bank, I could see like Roman and Solo against Usos, for example, right? Yeah, that could happen. And then, and then I could see at SummerSlam, and you know I know there was some talk about Cody and, and Roman at SummerSlam. At this point, it, that just doesn't seem no. realistic to me. He's he's so far out of the story now mm -hmm. um, that I could see like Roman versus Jay again for the world title or. Uh, yeah, because I, I don't think Roman and Jimmy is like a big match. It, this is all about, but, but, but you know what could be a big match too? Why not a fatal four way? <laughs> yeah, I was thinking triple threat. Um, <laughs> you know, like Roman versus the Usos, make it a four way, it. and it's like solo, you have to have my back, you know? Yeah, yeah, I can see that too. Yeah, man, I mean, there's so many different ways they could go about this. It's, yeah. it's, it's fucking awesome, man, dude. It's so it really is. Yeah, no, I love it. I love this. I love this next chapter of this bloodline story where it's gonna we're gonna get to see like kind of like a civil war. So um, this is just fucking awesome. Um, 
on the Roman Reigns topic, okay, obviously he hit a thousand days, and then this Friday we got this big ceremony, all right, to end the show, and we got a new championship reveal, the new undisputed Universal Championship. What's funny about this is when the news got uh, leaked out that hey, there's gonna be a new title design or whatever, I'm like, yo, watch it be the same design. It's just gonna be covered in gold. And that's exactly what we got. <laughs> uh, listen, I know some people were disappointed about it. I was not one of those individuals. Listen, the, the, the title design, okay? The, the actual title design, the current one, it's not a bad-looking design. I think people soured on that design when li literally every single title had the same mock-up. The women's championships, then they introduced a universal title, and it was just a red strap, and then they made it blue. So, like... The actual design is not an ugly-looking design. It's just the fact that we kind of prostitute that design frequently. But I also get from a business standpoint why they keep using that design. Because yeah. when you see all these different sports teams, when they win like either the Super Bowl or the World Series or like the NBA Finals or the NHL thing, this and that, the World Cup, uh, the, the MLS Championship, whatever, they win these big games right they get handed one of these titles you gotta just switch the side plates you throw the team's logo on there bada bing bada boom now you have WWE on espn yeah it's just, that's as simple as that so i get why they do that so yeah, i was i'm not disappointed with the U new universal championship i am going to miss uh roman reigns holding both titles but i think moving forward I think it's going to benefit all parties now that Roman has a brand new title. And now it's going to be, listen, I know there's the, the online debate like, oh, you know, the World Heavyweight Championship is, is secondary, yada, yada, yada. But now that Roman is only going to carry one single title, now you can actually make the argument, no, it's equal to the World Heavyweight Championship. So I, do, I don't hate that, you know. So that's my thoughts on that. But we didn't end there. We have the Usos come out that apparently we're going to be banned from the arena. You have the Usos come out. There's a back and forth between Jimmy and Roman to the point where Solo was like, my tribal chief, I do acknowledge you, but they're my brothers. And he sided with the Usos, which the crowd was going nuts for. And then there was another back and forth between Roman and Jimmy. And Roman tried to get into Jimmy's face and fucking Jimmy just smushes Roman's face and Roman looks distressed. He doesn't know what's going on here. He looks like he's about to get emotional. Jay gets in between him, telling him, like, we can't do this. We're the ones. You know, you're my brother. You're my brother. We need to be together as a unit, blah, blah, blah. And then Jimmy's like, come on, let's, we can't, we can't be moving like this. Like, we're the ones. Come on, we're family. And they give a big hug. The crowd pops. And then Roman says no. And then, bang, Solo hits his own brother with a Samoan spike. And then Jay looks like he's ready to cry. And Roman walks off, and then Paul questions Roman. My tribal chief, what about Jay? And Roman goes like, Jay's going to do what he always does. He's going to get in line. Man! Well, I, I don't even know what to say, bro. It's like watching a movie. I, it legit is, man. It's, it's unbelievable. It really <laughs> so good, bro. I know. And it's like, whenever these things are happening, man, like, my phone's, you know, wherever it is, like, I am just... Just tunnel vision, man. Me and the TV are interlocking. Like, I just have – I'm so invested in everything that goes on. And that was another example of, again, 
commentary not talking and, you know, Roman at the end, you could be able to hear him even though he's not talking into a microphone Mm -hmm. and saying, you know, he'll fall in line. Like, again, it's just the little things like that. Again, like, it's like, okay, like, so now Roman thinks that Jay's going to end up signing with him again. Like, it's just, again, I have no... I have no I have no clue where they're going with this. Legit no clue. And I just love every second of it. I, as, as for the title, I am indifferent on it. I mean, listen, I don't, I don't care about the, the design and the big, you know, W. I understand fully why they do it. I have no issues with that. I think it looks sharp with the, with the WWE logo, you know, big front and center too. That, that's just my opinion. I don't really know what else people want in, in the middle there if it's not the WWE. I, I want the big eagle belt. I want that oh, back. Okay. That's never coming back. You got to get this freaking pipe dream out of there. <laughs> um, but my only my only issue is, like, I don't mind that they put gold in behind it, like, instead of the black. Okay. But, man, I hate the way they shine up these belts on television when they reveal a new title. It just makes the belt look awful, man. Like, Roman's holding this thing up, and it looks like... It looks like mustard yellow. It kind of does look like mustard yellow. Now you you mention it, I didn't think. And you know what's you know what's even worse than that? It's the replica pictures they they put out. That looks even worse. Well, I was actually gonna say that looks better. Not uh, to me. I think uh, to me for whatever reason, right? I thought visually on TV it looked all right, and then when I saw the replica, t- the, the like the, the the pictures. Because listen, when they put these pictures out, they clean that shit up too. Like it, it's yeah, not like they they kind of like not that they CGI it, but you know they Photoshop it a little bit to make it stand up a little bit more. To me, the the replica pictures just make doesn't do the title justice. See, I'm the opposite. I'm the complete opposite, man. I I go on online, you know, to the WWE website or whatever, mm-hmm. and you know they already have the title on sale for like five hundred dollars. I'm sure some. Don't tell me you bought it. No, I'm kidding. Okay. Yeah, right. I, <laughs> I wish I could afford to buy something like that. Just no issues. Um, but no, like I I think it looks a little bit more cleaner. I'm like, okay, it doesn't look as uh mustard mustardy yellow right. looking you know th- this kind of looks like gold like it doesn't look so bad but on tv with it around roman's waist and him holding it up i think it looked oh just like i'm curious to uh, know what exactly did they use to get that gold background is it like is it like some type of like not sticker but something that they paste on there was it painted i'm really curious to know what exactly they used to get that gold background behind that w yeah yeah i don't know i'd, I'd be curious to find out too um i'd love to know like what goes into like making these new belts too and how you know like what, what the input is you know what the ideas are right. and, and how it's made in general i think that'd be pretty fascinating to see mm-hmm. um even i don't even know if you meant if you noticed it too like when in triple h and this could just be roman's like mannerisms and how he is um, but when Triple H is, is like he pulled the cloth off the off the belt and he's handing it to him, Roman's like looking like what the fuck is this? Like it looked like he didn't even like the belt either. And again, that could just be Roman's mannerism, right? Playing the character, he looked like he was not impressed at all, man. He looked like all of us. Like what the hell is this? Um, oh, but I'm man. sure, just like with everything, right. it will eventually grow we'll on you. It. And you know, yeah, you'll get used to it. So listen, I still think that when they reveal the red one i think that that was like the lowest of the low you know yeah yeah Um, yeah listen at least the strap is black it ain't ain't ain't, you know they didn't add a freaking you know more colors of the rainbow to you know the strap like at least like it looks like a looks like it looks like 
like a wrestling championship now, at least. Right. You know, it's not all these like fruity different colors and all that stuff. So, yeah, thank God for that. Yeah. Now they gotta get rid of the they gotta get rid of the women's titles now. Okay. So if we could, that's a good segue yeah, into it. That's a good segue just to wrap up. So I read, I believe it was a FIFO report, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it was reported. I think it was like I don't know if it was yesterday or Friday. I'm not sure. But so now we have two standalone World Heavyweight Championships, right? We have the World Heavyweight Championship on Raw, and now we have the new Universal Championship on SmackDown, right? From what I read and from what I'm, I'm understanding now, they're going to do the exact same thing for the women's titles. So the Raw Championship that's on SmackDown, yeah, I know, it doesn't make no fucking sense. That's ultimately going to become just the WWE Women's Championship, right? And then over on the Raw side, the title that Rhea's holding right now, the SmackDown title, which is on Raw, <laughs> okay, that ultimately is going to become the World Women's Championship. Mm-hmm. And they're going to get new redesigns. And apparently, they're going to look very similar to their respective World Men's Championships on both shows. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, that's that's fine. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to decide which one gets what. Right. Um, I guess... Unless they just go with, okay, you know, the Raw women's title uh, has to... Uh, yeah, um, I would assume on. it's going to be like that. I feel like the women's champion... If I had to take a wild guess, I feel like the women's championship that's on, on the Raw side right now, the one that Rhea's holding, the title's probably going to look very similar to the one that Seth has. It's probably going to say yeah. women's on it, and maybe it'll have, like, a white strap, if I had to guess. Maybe something down those lines. And then over on the SmackDown side, Asuka's probably going to get a title that looks very similar to Roman's, but maybe with like a white strap or like I don't know, maybe they throw maybe it's a black strap, maybe they throw some white in there. I don't know. I'm just I'm just fantasy booking right now. But there is gonna be they gotta do it soon. Like I don't even know why they're waiting so fucking long. They should have done this shit like after backlash or something, right? Where they they should have been ready for it. Yeah, but um it's happening. So hopefully sooner rather than later we're gonna get some answers, Ryan. <laughs> Good, finally. And then the last step in this whole entire process is to redesign the tag title. Oh, yeah. And then we're good, man. And then we, that, we're now back, we're baby. Like, we're back. We're back. It's like a whole new era. It's like it's like erasing all the stupid shit Vince did <laughs> slowly, one week at a time, and, and we're back, man. Oh, so that's, yeah. that's the next thing after the women's titles. But I'm glad to hear that. If that's the case, it's going to be awesome. It's going to make the titles feel that much more special and prestigious. And uh, finally, we get to freaking brand split shit away and then future drafts won't be impacted by oh, this yeah. because again nothing's gonna have to be exclusive to a brand you know you know ryan i know the wrestling fan base for the most part is very entitled right it's like gimme 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 this i want this i want that but if i do say so myself i feel fans like me and you we don't ask for much we just ask for things to make sense that's it, man. That's it. I, I I've been saying that forever. That's it. Just make sense, and I'll shut my mouth. That's it. That's all we want. You know, we like some people here. We don't like some people there. But you know, that doesn't change our way on how we view wrestling or whatever. If a show's good, a show's good. But we just want it to make fucking sense. That's it. It's not asking for much. Even if you give me some stupid fruity explanation as to why something <laughs> happened, just give me an explanation regardless. That's all I ask for. I, again, and, and, you know, I one thing that's still, like, just bog, mind-boggling to me, and again, it's just, like, not really that big of a deal, but again, we never got an answer as to why Brock Lesnar 
is targeting Cody Rhodes. Like, we have no idea why these two are wrestling each other and, and, and this blood feud with each other. Never got an explanation. And at this point, we never will. We just have to go with the fact that Brock hates Cody, and that's it. And, that, and you know, he's Brock's in Cody's way of finishing the story, and that's it. But that's another thing, too. It's like when you don't get an explanation, man, on things, drives me freaking nuts. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty tragic and bullshit, but it's the wrestling business. What can we say? <laughs> yeah, we love it. We love it. So that's, you know, regardless, we love it. Dude, I think we we went long here, okay? But I think we covered everything. Yeah, it definitely seems like it. And, you know, when we take a week off, and especially when there's so many events in that weekend, you know, there's a lot to, to follow up with, so... Yeah, man, I think we definitely hit everything, and uh, yeah, I don't think there's anything we missed out on. Yeah, we talked uh, about New Japan, GCW, Vegas, AEW, WWE. We talked about everything, bro. I think we did a great job, man. Yeah, yeah, very very good show. Ryan, let's wrap it up, bro. Give me your plugs in. All right, Lucha Outsiders on Twitter. If you've been living under a rock, I don't really know. Uh, you know, I guess you missed it, but... We are on Twitter, so definitely give it a follow. Been a little quiet, I will admit. Uh, you know, I've said it on previous episodes episodes before, but eventually I will get back into it. So give it a follow if you haven't already. The Twitter still exists. You're just taking, you know, a little hiatus from the Twitter. A little hiatus, man. I can only take so much Twitter in my life recently, so. I don't blame you, bro. All right, you can follow me at RatedR since 87. But make sure you follow us at Lucha Outsiders everywhere. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, also the YouTube channel. I know in recent weeks, maybe the last month, that we haven't put anything on YouTube because we haven't done a live show. We've been doing audio versions, the podcast version of the show. But eventually, we'll be making a return to YouTube. Um, like I've been saying for like the last month or two, it's a rebuilding stage, all right? We're trying to, little by little, start putting some stuff on YouTube. So who's to say? Who's to say what could happen in future months? Maybe I'll do a vlog. I don't fucking know. But give us a follow and a subscription there. Uh, I'm not going to say where you can find us on the podcast version because if you're listening to this now, that means you know where to find us. So for the old man, Leo, that's not here, for our double Ryan Radar, I'm yours truly, Mr. Radar. Till next time, keep it Radar and stay too sweet.